0: I like Ron. Thank you, Brick. You fellas remember that limp wristed fairy that was supposed to do the financial reports?
1: Oh, yeah. We were 51% sure he was gay.
0: No, he was gay, all right. I made out with him at the Christmas party. What? Uh, nothing. I say we run Corningstone out like we did that girly boy. Well, I'm in.
2: So it's settled. We declare war on Corningstone. By the way, Brick, what is that you're eating? Oh, it's one of those delicious falafel hot dogs with cinnamon and bacon on top. What do you mean, one of those? Those those don't exist. I mean, that's a used coffee filter with cigarette butts on it. Well, I got it out of the food basket at the end of the lunch line.
1: That's the garbage can. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Although with the cooking at this place, there's not much difference.
3: Whammy! <laughs> oh, that is true. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> An astute observation has led to laughter. We are laughing. <laughs> 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 and it is continuing. <laughs> and it's slowing down. But there's still
2: a good spirit. Yeah, and we slowly,
3: slowly got around. It's getting glass. <laughs> there's a little <laughs> chuckle.
0: I don't know, guys. I see three guys bobbing their heads. I think we did a good job picking music out today. I'm just sitting here going,
3: <laughs>
1: doggone. Good call on that one. How many memories did that bring back to everybody going to watch an incubus growing up and just. Da- all of we, them. Oh, my aw, God. That's this, a rush. this is the song. This is what started incubus. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. This me my, too. my cousin. We would, uh, my cousin, uh, that Chad and I grew, grew up with. Uh, he drove a Dodge Dakota and we would ride around the Dakota and listen to the Science album and stuff. And I yep. even liked F- Fungus Among Us and all that older stuff a little bit more. This album was just spot on. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, this is a fun album to listen to the that whole was one way of through.
1: Best yeah. ones. I remember going and seeing them right after uh, Crow for the Murder came out. And that was a good one that's mellow. And this one just, you just sit and jam out the whole thing.
2: We went and saw them the night before Morning View came out.
1: The night before Morning View came out. And we also saw them on one. the. Uh, the Make
0: Yourself Tour, when they were on OzFest. Yeah. Yep. That, was a, that was a good show.
2: Yeah, that was a good one. My wife and I saw them just a couple of years back, and the crowd has definitely gotten... They've gotten they, older? They've gotten... This, they, they've, they all, yeah. Yeah, they're like, man, there was a bunch of hot girls here. Wait, I guess those girls are all now 37 years old, like I am. <laughs> or whatever, I'm 35, but yeah, close enough. Oh yeah, my. definitely grew up a little bit, the crowd. A little, less, a little more tame nowadays, but it's still a good show.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, the first time we saw them. There were tube tops everywhere, and oh yeah, oh just girls going crazy. And we
2: were at a college campus. Uh, no, the oh, first oh, time oh, we Oz saw them was at yeah. Ozfest. Well, the next time we were on a college campus, so that was a good show too.
1: First time I saw them, they were supposed to play at. Uh,
2: I think Chad. Uh, I think it was the
1: the Penguins were uh, ring, and it ended up being at AJ Palumbo. So it was tiny. And it was like first come first serve then, and we got in. We were ended up being like thirty foot from stage. It was just, way is AJ it. It no, it Palumbo Duke or Duquesne? Duquesne. Or, or
0: Duquesne or Pitt, Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah, okay. that's a that's a small one. That's where I saw the Smashing Pumpkins. No kidding. Yes, and then nope. it's just
1: pretty much a big open floor with stages up on the sides. And yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, I've been there too. And then where super small
0: Pizza uh, Stadium or uh, Amphitheater is. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw Foo Fighters the first time.
4: Yeah. Dang. Go
0: old school for Yeah. For shows. So hey, tonight's show. It's brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out PredatorFlyGear.com. And I forgot a little something something. I'll get to that after the plugs.
1: A-Rex Hooks. And whatever fish you're looking for, they got something that's going to work for you. Check them out at a Sims Fishing. Find them at SimsFishing.com. Check out
0: Why Not Fishing in their app The Dock. Go check them out at WhyNotFishing.com.
1: And if you're looking for Allsdorf genetics, hit me up at Urban Flyco. I've got a handful left now, but uh, going to be a little bit more coming through now. Got some good news here recently, so
0: I was at
1: Urbanflycompany.com,
2: Urbanflycompany. Yes.
0: I actually got to work on Joel's brother's truck. No kidding. This week. Yeah, he's a semi-driver cool. now. <laughs> awesome.
2: So, yeah,
1: I got to talk to Joel this week and uh, we got some more stuff coming through here and Last batch of saddles, I mean, it's a, you know, long story short, we've been working on this for a couple years now, and all of us together, we've all talked to him, and he's been just con- consistently changing genetics and birds to get to where they are now, and the last few that he's had are just out of this world. They're crazy off the chain. Over the last year, he's starting to get saddles that aren't in his grading scale, and he's gone up a couple more with a last, well, what would be a premium. Ended up with maybe three or four this year. You're talking probably 18, 20 inch long feathers. Strong majority of them wide and webby for saltwater and musky flies. And in the neighborhood altogether, I don't even know 150 plus count on a saddle. It's just it's ridiculous. I mean, from all your stuff from four inch and thin the whole way up, the whole
2: just it's there. And you can tie for a long time on one of them puppies. Yes, you can. I know when Justin or, you know, somebody else comes around and they see him sitting there and downstairs in my house, they're like, oh, shit, what's this? Jeez, oh, yeah. man, look at that thing. That is nice. Uh, I got to get a few.
1: Oh, I got the luxury. They they came just in the my, last time, I got yeah. a few. I got the luxury in my basement, just full of them. You know what we should do? We, uh,
0: we haven't done it in quite a while. We should go around the table and introduce ourselves to everyone. That way everyone knows who the voices are, right? It's been quite a while That's since we've done it
1: probably been two years
0: i know i'm chad <coughs> uh steelhound on instagram check us out and uh svs fishing on instagram uh jay and i run that page
1: and i'm mark urban fly company and what i don't even go on a streamer addict anymore so i need to figure out how to get back into that <laughs> but mainly through the urban fly co
2: yeah I'm jay i'm the guy with the big nose Goddamn right, know. you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you hear that, you no, know, when you see, if you see a picture or you hear some rustling on the microphone, that's just my nose rubbing. When you up. hear it's that thumping? It. Hashtag yeah. Toucan Sam. So, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> it. You know, uh, Jay, uh, er, uh, Dr. J on uh, on Instagram. I I haven't been fishing lately. We'll get into that a little bit. I get to go tomorrow, so if you
1: allow me to fish with you tomorrow. I'm going to take a picture. I'll row, gladly. Please. And I'm going to post hashtag toucan Sam on it. <laughs> Hopefully I catch a fish worthy of <laughs> getting a picture. now that I finally got a new computer back up and running, got HDR, all that taken care of, back and rolling, there is a lot of pictures of smallmouth with your big schnoz in them.
3: Sweet. <laughs> yes.
1: There, there might be a pike one, too, I wanted yeah. to get some. And there's a dang good one, too, of you uh, early... I was gonna um, say you,
0: and me having fished together. No, in quite
1: a, when quite we were behind you and you guys lost that, you lost that big fish. There's a really cool picture of you guys sitting in the middle of that creek.
3: I
0: can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So yeah, and, finally up and rolling again. And for anyone that's not or that's new to the show, we have another uh, co-host. His name is Jace. He's not here tonight. Shanker Jay. Yeah, he had uh, stuff going on. So it's, that's how this
2: the show rolls, man. We we uh we adapt and we roll with it. And, you know, and it's it's a fa- it's a it's a holiday weekend. Yeah. There's a lot of family stuff going on. So I know I was at a family party stuffing my face with cookies and all kinds of good food before I came here. So.
1: Yeah, and we're all pretty pepped up and stoked for tonight's guest too. It's gonna be a fun one. Oh yeah. I
0: think you added a a different letter into that. Stoked. I think there's one letter off. Enlighten me. Uh oh, Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Huh. <laughs> oh, there he goes. There he yeah. goes. <laughs> Hit me. Ding 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 ding. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. N N. Uh, we we do have a guest tonight. Sven Diesel is coming on,
2: and yeah. I cannot
1: wait to talk to this dude. This is gonna be a blast.
2: In great great fly tying and just a, a wide variety of fishing. He does a lot of the trout stuff, man. we have seen some giant. Awesome-looking carp that looked like they were a ball to catch as well. The tie so, side of things, and, is and just, it seems he seems like he goes off the wall and. Oh yeah, it seems like he doesn't take life too seriously, no, like us. He has it fun. should be a great time to talk to. Yeah, going to be a good one. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to him.
1: It's going to be a good show tonight. It's um, what? Nope, good. You were uh,
0: you're talking before uh, before we hit the mics so about your old man.
1: Exactly what I was going to hit on there too. Yeah, yeah. F- like fun things that kind of like. I don't know. It just pet me up this weekend. They I, just fall into place. They were going away for the weekend, so I just stopped down after work, dropped some stuff off for him to take with him. And I go down there, and he's just. How about that? My mic just fell off. Hold on. <laughs> it fell completely off the book here. <laughs> all right, back in action. So he's a like, bring this down with you, and we had all this different. Just, an older guy we knew had all the stuff we're making lures um, with. So I bring it down, and he's just lit up from ear to ear. Going on about now all of a sudden he's casting for walleyes.
2: So your dad, he's been trolling for how long? Like, uh, his whole life, right? Well, no, life, you, like, know, but, you know, I forever. Mean, he,
1: he was kind of like, like your dad was. He did a lot of inland. What he did was steelhead. And then in the springtime, they waded through the shorelines and caught crappies and what have you, and bluegills. Ice fished and a lot of walleye through the summers. But your dad, he's more interested in filling the freezer. He is. And he's one of them ones, anytime you say, hey, I need some fish, he's always the one that's got I mean, there's always fish in the freezer. But he was always inland lakes and what have you growing up. And then as he got his own business, got older, got, his <clears throat> got his own boat, got what he wanted, he's pretty much stuck to Erie consistently for 10, 12 years now. So, I mean, him and I, very you know, we may fish together once every couple years. So he's been going out of the same place, doing the same thing for how long? Now he's got the kick to go to the western basin, even to the point where he actually went and bought a boat slip for there. So he's locked into it, and he's like, you know what? Extra forty-five minutes. I'm not driving as far on the boat. He goes, I don't want to troll anymore. He's like, it's just it's more fun. I'm sure. Still, if
0: he wanted to troll, he can still troll. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, he has. I I couldn't even tell you every single setup from dipsies to boards to straight steel. He's probably got at least six rigs already ready to go in a garage. So no matter where he's going, I mean, he has the downer. I mean, it's just there's probably thirty. You know, line counter sitting in the garage rigged up ready. So, it's like, he's like, I want to go back to like tackle. He goes, springtime, catch him in eight feet. He's like, you come out, fish off the front and fly rod. So, he's like, we can actually get to go out more. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a lot I of mean, fun. I he's got a beautiful boat. It's great to fish off of. I mean, you're on an 18 and a half foot deep V-line. You can, can you cruise. make a day trip out of it? What do you mean by that? Oh, yeah, easily. Easily, easily. Yeah, like it's I mean, an hour before you can go to, to Sandusky.
2: Sunday. And go to the Cedar Point all day on a day trip, yeah, definitely go fishing.
1: yeah, it's about an hour and forty five to get there, so it's a half hour more than he was going, but you're a lot less boat time. I mean, if you're heat of the summer, you're up at three, you're there at you know four thirty, and you're a solid eighteen mile drive on the boat. So I mean, you're Where talking, he was. yeah. so I mean th- this time of the year at this point, when they're breaking up and they're moving out, yeah, I mean, you're an hour plus on the boat, too. So now, hour and 45 minute drive, 20 minutes in the boat. You yeah, know, maybe a few more guys, but it's nothing. So do you do. think he like, goes during the week at any point when he wants with his business? So he's there when a <laughs> lot less people are, too.
2: Did he mention that, like, the influx in, you know, there's been a lot of wall out there, and it seems like the population is going to keep influxing. Does that change the way he wants to do it or do you he's got that's influence on it
1: more than anything he's got a friend that he actually um he owns a furniture store builds furniture for him got to know him through that and in years this guy's guide and what have you and just eventually coerced him to come over and i think more than that has to play and then once he got to see okay this isn't you know i mean bringing him up on trolling rods is well, it's running them up on a trolling rod. Yeah, That's all it fun. is. Yeah. No, there's nothing to it. No. Once they hit the well, top of the water, you have, skip a in. S- you have a six and a half foot medium heavy crew in your hand, and you're catching a 30 inch walleye on it. Oh, it's a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. You feel them bite. You feel the fight. You feel yeah. everything.
2: It's more like catching them on a, a, a perching rig. Yeah. I've caught them on perching Absolutely. rigs. A few ones like seven, eight pounders on perching rigs. I and tell yet, you what. How about when you? Do- like how about when trip. you double up on a sheephead on a perch rig? That or oh, even <laughs> if. Just I, if and a steelhead. Oh, uh, that yep. sucks. I tell you, one day
1: the guy that first mates with my dad on, the, he caught about a seven-pound smallmouth on a pro trick. It had him in and out of the anchor line, and it was just—it was a hog. So I
0: have a more important question: Is he going to be able to go to Putten Bay from this new boat slip? He's he's there right now because that
2: that's way more important. <laughs>
1: that's mine to go let his dog out today. He's there now, so yeah, he's pretty close to it. Cool, cool.
2: That would be a good time after fishing.
1: Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't have to far. worry
0: about the ferries because yeah. Big Mark has his boat.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That could be a heck of a lot of fun. I'm gonna catch walleyes on a fly in the spring. Eight foot, ten foot of water. You kidding?
0: So, do you guys listen to the Meat Eater podcast at all?
1: Don't listen to it, but I've been watching Doss Boat like crazy.
0: Yes. Okay. So you've seen the most recent episode mm-hmm. with uh, Ryan Cow Callahan. Mm-hmm.
1: That was a great one too.
0: Cow has his own podcast. It's called Cow's Weekend Review, and he was talking about walleye fishing out in Montana on this week's Weekend Review. He said, "I don't like reeling a walleye. They fight like a dog, mm-hmm. but they're delicious." So you know what he did? He took a spear gun. And he put his uh, snorkeling stuff on, and he went down and was spearfishing for walleye.
3: Yeah,
1: get out of the way.
0: Yeah. He said he got to have fun, he got to see different things, and he got to shoot walleye and eat them at the same time.
1: They're not a bad fight on a fly rod, though. They're not. Because they head shake so quick, and with the length of the rod, I mean, you're really just, they're, they're pumping it hard. And they are they're they're a pretty decent. When they're thirty
2: one inches and in the Ganey, I tell you what, even on twelve, yeah, late, they fought like a mother. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I <laughs> caught really a,
1: did. I caught a twenty four in a creek when I was fishing for pike, mm-hmm. and I mean that, that a, that's a good fight.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, most people's baseline for reeling in a walleye is on a trolling, yeah. yes, a trolling setup yeah. while the boat still just moving. skip along the top of the water yeah. the whole way in. Yeah.
2: So the spearing the walleye sounded like a cool a cool thing to do. Oh, it would be... Yeah, it sounds like a lot more fun. It'd be cool to see... I would like to go in scuba diving gear, like, where we fish, or in any local that you're going to... If you were going to go eat the fish from, that you were going to, like, you could see everything that was going on, everywhere where the fish were. Well, he wasn't like scuba diving. He was holding his breath, snorkeling, Oh, oh. and diving down. Well, I'm not going to be able to do that,
0: but, you know, I'd have to go to <laughs> snorkeling gear, because there's no way
2: I'm holding my breath.
0: So, like I said, it it was cool, and he said you could tell that his heart was starting to beat faster. And when it would start to beat real fast, that's when the walleye would show up and his brain was saying, you need air, you need air. And that's when he had to make the critical shot. So it was, it was pretty cool to hear him talk about it. <laughs> you and Mark would have seen my fast float up back up to the top. Mm-hmm. And I will say one thing about Cal, that dude has a killer mustache.
1: <laughs> yes, he does.
0: Mm-hmm. That's going to be me for the beast. Great! I'm telling you,
2: I can't wait. Okay, I you won't line, be able I get to look, to look at, me. at that for two days, solid. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful.
1: Uh, I look in the back of the boat, and it's like an Amber Alert goes off.
0: Yeah, I
3: know. Uh, <laughs>
0: How many sex offenders are on your boat?
2: <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I saw a couple packets sitting on the table out there. You guys yes. are about ready to sign up yeah, and get your mean. We're
1: going to get our beast registration in.
2: PJ and I are doing ours tomorrow. Sweet. After we get off the water. All that stuff out at the house, and I know Pat will be sending his from Central PA. I've got on his ass about it already. You yeah. can't
0: mail them tomorrow, just so you know.
2: Well, mailed <laughs> out Tuesday. My wife will mail them out, I told PJ. That
1: would be a good time. Looking forward to it, as always.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so if, if anyone's interested in uh, doing the Beast, I know we got a jump in our, uh, our listeners last week after the Beast of the East show. So if you guys are interested in doing the Beast of the East, go to the website or... Uh, email if you were in it last year they emailed you the packet and if you need the email it's n-v-m-a-i-n-c dot com or at gmail.com i should really fix that at gmail.com so if you guys need it it's a fun time yeah
1: hey that's a good way to end it there let's take a break go eat some food and come back with sven
4: yeah sven svenson
0: Idik Sven Svensen.
4: Iik Sven Svensen.
0: Idick Sven Svensen?
3: That was go. good. Yeah, I that like that. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Good job, Chad. So there you go. Hey, tonight we're here with our guest, Sven Diesel. What's happening, buddy?
4: Hey, what's up guys? How are you guys?
0: Oh, we are living the dream. We're just uh having fun. Sitting here BSing oh, with you, man.
4: That's awesome.
0: So uh Sven or er, Itic Sven Svensen. Can uh
4: you Look we'll on whatever's easiest for you,
0: could you do us a little bit of a favor and uh give us a little bit of background about yourself? Tell us how you got into fly fishing and uh and fly tying
4: um, okay, so getting into fly fishing, I dated this girl in college and her went up to meet her parents, and her dad was like a diehard fly fisherman um, and so he wanted to meet me and talk to me on the river type scenario and so we went down and i got on these neoprene waders had no idea what i was doing didn't grow up really fishing, and uh we were fishing for the morning great time hooked a brook trout and i was like addicted um it was just awesome to watch that whole top water eat and you know i didn't even know how to take the hook out he had to come help me i'm like what do i do what do i do and uh then like two weeks later i was walking through costco and I like to walk up and down all the aisles. And I happen to see waders in a fly rod package for like 120 bucks. I'm like, why not? So I fished most of that summer trying to figure out what I was doing. Looking back, I had no idea what I was doing. And then I, uh, one day I was climbing out of a hole, sliced my hand open on a rock and never picked up the fly rod again. Um, so in about six years, six years ago, five years ago, my wife's cousin, um started a uh, online fly shop where he was selling you know rods reels flies other things and my wife said hey what do you want for christmas do you want a fly rod i said sure but you know i talked to him i said hey if if we buy this fly rod from you you know you got to teach me how to fly fish and he said done and so that spring started fishing with him and we went of course he's a big carp fly fisherman and that's that's an addiction all in itself and uh then later, uh, they had a free, uh, up at the Sundance mountain resort, it was a free fly tying night where you could come to learn tie flies. It was their like season closing night. And so I went up there and registered for it and tied some flies with a guy named Grant Bench, um, the fly ninja. And, uh, it was unreal. And then that next summer they decided to do a whole program where you could come up and pay for the whole summer, um, coming up tying flies once a week or, you know, come as many times as you want or just do a single session. I ended up doing the whole summer, made it as many times as I could, and the addiction was real. After about three sessions, spent about, shoot, 400 bucks with Orvis getting tools and vices, and then after that, it's a downroll spiral, and my bank account reflects it. so.
0: (laughs) So what I got out of this story is you dropped that girl from college like a bad habit, and you kept the brook trout.
4: I, I didn't keep it. I caught and released it. I, I, I assume it lived, but, uh, yeah, I, we, we didn't end up dating too much longer. And it was shortly after that. Uh, I met, uh, started dating the girl who I'm now married to my wife. And, um, you know, she'd come up, used to come up in that first summer when I was fly fishing and she'd read a book on the, the, you know, the Provo river is just a gorgeous, gorgeous river. Um, it's about 10 minutes from my house. And so she'd read a book while I would sit there and, swear and cuss as i was trying to catch a fish that it wouldn't take the fly that i was trying to get so um but since then she hasn't really come out too much with me but then again we've got a bunch of kids now so
0: so can you tell us a little bit about the brook trout i know in colorado they're invasive correct are they invasive also in the utah area
4: Mm, i don't i wouldn't call them invasive um I'm not. I'm not familiar with them being considered that. But then again, I'm not a very knowledgeable guy. I just go fishing. Okay. <laughs> um. But the brook trout, freaking gorgeous, man. They're oh, they're awesome.
0: beautiful fish.
4: Yeah. Um. I'd have to check with uh, the DNR who manages that um, to see, but I could be wrong. Maybe they stock them. I'm not sure.
2: They may. I. Uh, you know. I, I'm not sure. Out west, it seems like most of them are not supposed to be there right the cutthroat is more of their native species i don't know about utah but that's for colorado for sure
4: huh yeah i i haven't heard that mm-hmm. um i know they do a lot of stocking uh, no right here it shows on the tnr website they stock brook trout in a couple of reservoirs oh there you go man they stock a lot of rainbows tigers um Walleye, catfish, yeah, I'm seeing a ton of brook trout, so I would argue that it's not an invasive species.
0: No, that's cool. That, that's why we're asking because so we we don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I,
2: I didn't know either. So, so you you were saying you get them on uh, uh, terrestrials a lot and uh, on top water?
4: Um, yeah, not so much. I mean, I've learned now that fishing, you know, uh, it's a lot more subsurface, but I still love that top water um, bite. There's a place called the Uinta Mountains. Um, it's about an hour from my house and there's lakes every, I mean, if you go on a 10 mile hike, you're going to pass anywhere between five and 20 lakes. It's just super saturated, a great mountain range. And there's brook trout, tiger trout up there. And you just throw ants and hoppers and in the morning and evenings, they come up and just hammer them. It's a lot of fun. But then the rest of the day, I'm usually throwing like a leech or, or chronomids or other, other types of subsurface feeding.
0: So, can you go through um, what what fish do you mainly target? Are you targeting mainly the trout and the carp, or what? Now, what so, do you do? What's day, yeah, or in the day, year, life? I'm a of little Spen?
4: different than most guys. I don't really have the luxury or the time to specifically target fish. Um, for me, it's hey, I've got a free Friday. I've got a free morning. I'm gonna go fishing, and it's how much time do I have divided by travel time divided by what time of year it is. So I, I just like to fish. I don't care if it's bass or, or cutthroat or, or brook trout or tiger trout. Um, I just go where I have time for and what I can go after. I just like fishing. So, um,
0: let's get in a little bit of your videos. Um, you make a lot of fly time videos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the latest ones I saw that I, I really intrigued me was, you tied a wooly bugger, simple old wooly bugger, and you tied it with, um, what's it called, uh, bugger hackle, and then you also tied one with schloppen, just to see which one you like better. What was yeah. your What was your end result? Which did you Which did you like better?
4: I like them both. Um, I'll probably have uh, a plethora of each of them in my box from now on. I'd say generally I've tied more with the the bugger. Um I know it works. I have confidence in it uh the appearance or whatever it looks like in the water to the fish it just seems to work um in general the schloppin I think it's me as a fisher as a as a fly tire trying to be a little bit uh too critical of the fly, and I don't like how messy it looks, but I know in wet that doesn't matter that's that's you know the true test is which is going to catch more fish, and at this point, I don't know that answer so um but, yeah, schloppen, I like using schloppen just because of the word Schlappen.
3: <laughs> you know, you've got to have fun when
4: you're saying it, schlappen. I,
2: I've always found that the uglier, especially for trout, the uglier fly catches more fish. I don't know. Yeah, the I'd ugly just, ones I'd always catch them.
4: Bigger so. schloppen on a lot of my bigger uh, streamers, for sure. But, you know, I'm also fishing a lot of smaller um, woolly buggers than maybe somewhere else in the U.S. or, or in the world. You know, I have a lot better luck with the uh, eight tens and down even to the 12s. And the problem with the schloppen as you put that on a size 12, it's it's like humongous.
0: Yeah, it's way too big. It overpowers it. Where,
4: whereas the bugger hackle, um, you get a wide range of—actually, some of them are almost too small for buggers, in my opinion. Um, and Whiting Farms does a good job on just producing those packs, in my opinion, for—you know, I can tell a guy to go buy it. Go buy this pack, and he, I know he's got the sizing he needs.
0: So what, what's your go-to fishing method for the, the woolly bugger, the, the simple old woolly bugger? Because there's a lot of them on your Instagram page.
4: Yeah, floating line, and um, I usually like to weight mine with either a brass or a tungsten bead. I don't mess around with the uh, lead wraps too much just because I think you put a tungsten bead on your quicker and actually heavier and then it's just a floating line, um figure out where the fish are are are, are swimming at that particular time in the year. And I usually fish a uh, um, two woolly buggers, one that's weighted, one that's unweighted, and just cast out, let it sink, strip, strip, changing up patterns, and boom. So you, hopefully you get to fish on.
2: so your uh, the weighted woolly bugger is always on the bottom, or do you run that on top and let the bottom one swing out? Or are you running the um, unweighted fly in the
4: middle? I, I typically run the weighted one first and then the, um, the non-weighted one off the end as my you technically my lead fly. Um, it kind of sucks when casting because you don't have that weight at the end. But then I found that when I'm stripping that, that, that I, in my mind, I think, you know, this is not what the fish think. But what I'm thinking is that they could kind of sort of suspend at a different level than the weighted one. And so it could be a little higher at some points. But then most of the time they hammer the trailer, the the one that's behind.
0: And I'm definitely and sure a, that's going to uh, give a more erratic sw- uh, swimming profile while you're stripping yeah, stripping the, the weighted it, one. That one, the unweighted one in the back, definitely got to be shimmying and shaking.
4: And, and that's the theory behind it. And we're also, I've got some friends down south from me that we're playing around with using that new um that super fluorescent uh that chenille um using that to create kind of a a hot bugger in front of it and uh, we found that it really does work as an attractor for the tiger trout but they never take the bright color one they always take the the muted black or the you know wine color that's going behind it so we found that very interesting especially when we're asking what the other fly fishermen on the lake that day are using in we're having success and they're not. So.
1: so do you also double up that fly as a carp fly?
4: Um, the woolly bugger or the bright ones?
1: The the woolly bugger.
4: Um, variations. Um, we do quite a bit of uh, leeches. And to be honest, I mean, I don't, the woolly buggers and leeches, that's 90% of what I fish on still water. And I, I, I you know, 95% of the time I'm successful by at some point in the day, figuring out what colors or what variations they want. Um, to me, they're about the same bug, the same profile. But some days they, you know, we have better luck with the leeches, and other days for the trout, especially, I have better luck with the buggers.
0: So can you get into that a little bit? Um, we don't have stillwater trout really around here. Uh huh. So can can you get into like what goes into a day of stillwater trout fishing?
4: Well, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm usually on a kayak, uh, a float tube, or, um, I do a lot of sub fishing, stand up paddleboard, fly fishing out on these still water, high mountain lakes. And it's usually, I take electronics with me when I'm out on the water. Uh, I usually have a fish finder so I can figure out where they're at, what depths they're at. And then from there, I just start casting and, uh, waiting until it sinks down and then stripping in um it's a lot that first half hour to hour is a lot of playing around switching out flies and if after an hour i'm not uh you know hooking up into anything then i get out the power bait of course
3: and uh, just toss it. no i'm kidding
4: i don't do that <laughs> i actually use night crawlers on all my war buggers. no i'm kidding um <laughs> it, it's a lot of. It really helps to go with somebody else, so you can take that time and cut it in half. So um, let me give you a scenario when we were casting from the shore this spring, because in the spring the trout are more on the shorelines than uh, you know when it warms up here they go a little bit deeper. So we we pull up to the water, we all rig up, we we checked with each other. Hey, what do you have on? I've got a black with a, 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 a orange bead. Okay, I'm going olive. Okay, I'm going to try white. We cast for five to 10 minutes at different locations, uh, playing around with different stripping patterns. And, uh, you know, if that doesn't work, we swap out to another color. And eventually one of us will figure out what they're hitting. And after the first person gets two fish, then someone else will swap out to that same color combo. And if all of us are catching fish, then we all swap. And pretty soon we're all fishing the same pattern, same color scheme. And uh, just, you know, catching lots of fish, releasing them. And uh, then, you know, an hour later is the temperature or or sun or something changes. Then we swap out, you know, the fish change what they're going after. And it's kind of a strategic uh, trying to figure out what works then. And sometimes you can cast for an hour and a half and nothing.
0: So you really think that the color makes that much of a difference?
4: I... I don't, I think profile is more important than colors, but I I had a scenario. Let me tell you, this is, uh, three months ago I had on a certain color scheme and it was the weirdest thing I'd cast out. It was overcast, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then when the sun popped out, as soon as that sun popped out, my indicator, I was actually indicator fishing on a balance leech. My indicator would go down and I'd have a fish on. And as, soon as, as as long as that sun was out, I was catching fish. And then when it went back behind the clouds, nothing. 20 minutes later, sun came out, boom, instant hit. It was the weirdest thing. And so I think that the color does play a role.
1: Was it a light color fly?
4: No, this was a, if I remember correctly, it was a black leech that I had also put hackle, uh, hackle head on it. And I think it had a chartreuse bead on it. And it was the weirdest thing. I've never had that happen where it was the sun. It took me about uh, 40 minutes to figure out that it was the the overcast versus the sunlight. And so that to me isn't, and maybe the sun coming out gave a better presentation of the profile, but um, I've also been fishing next to a guy that was using the exact same fly with a different color bead head and he was having luck and I wasn't. And the only difference was the beadhead color, even even a
2: silhouette, you know, when the sun comes out and the fish looks up and they see that silhouette of black, it'll definitely intensify with the sun's out.
4: Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's so many variables. Um, you know, if only we could hook up some sort of, uh, scan tool to the fish's brain
3: (laughs) in a test tank
4: and, uh, you know, diagnose the, uh, the, what, what, what they're thinking when different flies are presented in front of them. I, I, I don't know. I just, it's just changing out constantly until you figure out what works and then that works for a bit and then swapping out and going. And of course on the still water, we're not just you know, if, if leeches and buggers haven't worked for an hour, then I swap to, I could be doing chronomids. I could be doing, um, uh, swap into like a, a damsel, a nymph, um, hammer at the banks for a while and during terrestrial season with some droppers and swapping up the droppers all the time. There's a lot of, it, it's, there's a lot of different techniques and a lot of different, uh, ways to go about it.
1: So what and, exactly uh, is a chrominid? I mean, this is something we don't have here, and we're not. You know.
4: uh, a coronamid, um, if you want, there's uh, two dudes uh, called um, Brian Chan and uh, Phil uh, Roley, I believe. They have a whole um, you uh, an app on your phone that you can download, and they they are coronamid fly fishermen. They're these little itty bitty almost. Worms that aren't that long that you know come up and they're in the water. Um, there's a lot more scientific names to all this, but from watching their techniques, it's pretty much you figure out what depth the fish are at, and then you set your indicator. Say they're ten feet down, you put a ten feet leader on with an indicator, and you let that chronomid just drift. You can also twitch it in slightly so it looks like it's moving. Um, there's a ton of YouTube videos out there that show what the chronomids look like and how they how they move. Um, and I, I am in no way an expert at coronamid fishing, but, um, it does work.
1: So it's kind of like a still water midge sounds like,
4: yeah, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I mean, it looks like a zebra midge. Um, there's a lot, there's others where you put gills, like the little orange hot spots and stuff with the, the breathers on the front. Um, so there's, you know, hundreds of variation on those.
0: Um, Go from caranamids. Kar- I've also noticed you like to tie a lot of game changers. And yeah,
4: that's a lot of fun. Yeah, they're, they're they're fun to tie.
0: They're a blast. Um, and I also noticed that you like to do it with a bunch of crazy materials. Like, uh, well,
4: that, that that just comes down to can this work and will it work?
0: So, what have you tied that the can and cannot work?
4: um i don't know i did a mop fly game changer where it was all mops did it work uh i haven't caught a fish on it yet but i (laughs) i'll be honest i you know when it's wet it weighs two pounds two ounces
3: (laughs) and so uh
4: i i don't dare cast it on my fly rod uh and so i took my bait caster out and i got it wet (laughs) and i i freaking just cast it not even like just kind of haphazardly and it went, I was up at a lake in Idaho and it went almost halfway across this lake. <laughs> like it just launched. And so, um, but then I found out that I didn't wait it and it kind of stays on the surface. So I kind of screwed up the, uh, science behind that. But, uh, last, I was up at a show fly tying festival where I was tying at in Casper, Wyoming. And, uh, I was at a fly shop that morning and they had this really nice, uh, um, pheasant, uh, uh, skin. And so I tied a game changer out of that and it just looked amazing, but it takes forever because you only get like one and a half wraps per feather. Hmm. And I think it was about seven inches long overall. So I've tied them out of, uh, uh synthetic materials. I've tied them out of, um, soft hackles. I prefer the American rooster hackle because you don't have to use as many feathers and it gives a bigger profile because it's a stiffer fiber But, uh, you know, I I don't really fish that many of them. I actually give most of them away.
0: I saw you tied one out of stimulators before.
4: Oh, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Did
0: did that ever get fished? uh,
4: um, No. So I I sent that to a guy, and uh, I was actually texting him last week, and he said, it's too pretty to fish. And I said, come on, man. (laughs) I thought you said you were going to fish it, because I imagine throwing that through a riffle or something would, land something oh for sure uh, that was when i was trying to learn how to uh tie my shanks and make my own shanks and now that i know how to do that there's not really a cost in articulating the fly so i just have fun with it
2: have you used uh, i think
4: i I think i did reindeer one time too with santa sleigh that's right that's what i did on my santa sleigh that year
2: you don't like the hen saddle for the game changers as much
4: um i do Um, I love the hen saddle. It's, uh, it's awesome. The issue, the only reason I prefer the American, um, that rooster particular one is that the, the first shank I found with like a hen saddle, I'm using like 22 feathers, whereas I can get by with three feathers. So it's a lot quicker and gives a similar profile. Um, and it's not quite as dense though. But, yeah, the hen settles are nice, just the, the same thing as, like, the pheasant. You're using a lot of feathers and a lot of time.
0: So back to your making your own shanks. Um, yeah. Do you have a video up yet of you doing that?
4: Yeah, it's 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 on YouTube. Um, it's I, I was I had to be careful on the wording because I didn't want it to go to, like, prison shank making. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think it's just called Making Your Own Shanks. Uh, one night I was on, uh, on Instagram and a guy, Chase Smith, this chase flies, he's a, he's a really big game changer guy. Um, that's pretty much, I think all he ties and fishes besides he has one other, uh, like a, a, a cart pattern that I haven't tested yet, but I want to, but anyway, he was, he, he was using this, uh, shark leader and I messaged him after his live feed and I go, Hey, how are you doing that? And he just used two needle nose pliers and, uh, cut the length and he makes his own shanks. So I got on the internet and found this, uh, it's a bead making tool where it basically makes the loop for you.
0: Is it called a one step looper?
4: Yeah. Yeah. That one, uh, yeah, it's called that a one something and you can get them in different sizes. I prefer the 1.5 millimeter one. And, uh, yeah, I just, started making my own shanks and i figured i'd share that secret with uh anyone else that wanted to know and so i made a youtube video and it's on there and some guys said that they never wanted to tie an articulated fly or a game changer because of the cost of the shanks but now they could and so that's why i do the videos is to help out anybody that wants to do something that maybe i have some knowledge and could benefit them but I still think there's way, way more people out there that have more knowledge and experience than I do. So,
0: Chad does that for us. Yeah, I, I use the one-step looper as well. Um, okay. I have the the one point five millimeter, like you said. Yeah. And I use that for our trout and smallmouth flies, and then I have the three millimeter, and I use that for
1: our musky changers. I got the okay. bogs wire bender, and we can mow through them on that thing.
4: Yeah, and it's it's so easy and then I run my um so when you buy the shanks the the return is really short usually. Uh-huh. I run my return up almost to the opposing eye. Mm-hmm. And so that way when you wrap it it's mm-hmm. it's uniform across the whole shake.
0: Yep, that way you have just, two parallel pieces of wire basically the yep. whole time. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's a lot of fun um just you know anybody that's listening and going to tie those up just make sure you watch those ends that you've cut because they are sharp even if you're using gsp or Nanosilk. yeah absolutely um, i break off all the time and that's nothing wrong that people are doing on their end it's just that you know we're not cutting it the same as they're doing overseas um
0: so can we get into your uh, your video making for just a second yeah sure okay when you're making videos how hard was it for you at the very beginning to just you know, look at a camera and talk to yourself while you're doing what you're doing and tying flies.
4: Uh, it's nothing different than when I get ready in the morning and I talk to myself in the mirror when I'm doing my hair. So, oh, okay. You know, I, you know.
2: I'm bald, so I don't know. Chad <laughs> doesn't have any hair, he <laughs> oh, okay. so doesn't get that problem. I do.
4: Um, I I honestly don't know. It was uh, a couple of years ago, my son expressed a lot of interest in fly tying. And uh, so we were watching YouTube videos and he kind of complained because most videos are filmed from the opposing side where you're having to, in your mind, reverse everything that they're doing because it's like, you know, almost backwards. And he kind of struggled with that. And so there was a pattern he wanted to do. And I said, hey, I'll just let me let me try making a video because he doesn't like me hovering over him. He'd rather have his iPad and watch it himself and learn. Then me sitting there, no, 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 get that rap a little closer. No, 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 stop. Like, that's my OCD-ness, I guess, coming through. And so I started making a few videos for him so he could just sit there and watch. And it was from the, you know, the first-person, almost video game perspective. And he really liked it. And I just kept doing them when I have free time.
0: So what are you using for uh, for camera? And is it does it seem to get in your way or...? Have you gotten used yeah, to time so
4: with it? Yeah, so it definitely, you got to skip uh, shoulder day at the gym if you're going to be doing it <laughs> with, with, the, with the SLR between you and your vice because literally your shoulders are raised up the whole time and you're reaching around the SLR. And uh, you got to be super careful not to shift your legs around because that's where my tripod is sitting. And I've actually done a video where I'm almost done and then I kick my tripod and I have to start over.
3: <laughs> so
4: um and there's a few times where I've, I've nudged it and i'm like screw it i don't really care i'm not doing it over and so it, it's definitely uh, i'd say from guys i've talked to that have tried it i can argue that it is more difficult to do but it's it's not i don't find it extremely more difficult it would be easier from the other side but then i'd have to wear like uh appropriate t-shirts and stuff so um I don't know. It works for me, so that's why I do them that way.
0: Speaking of the appropriate T-shirts, you uh, you just had a batch made, didn't you?
4: Yeah, yeah. We uh, I've been harassed over the last couple of years to have these uh, Sven flies. I, uh, people wanted uh, uh, the Viking logo. I don't, I don't know why they'd want one. I kind of had a made for me personally, just for fun. Um, one of the guys sent me up some samples one time without even telling me. And it was kind of a really cool gift out from him. And then um, people saw him and kept messaging me. And so I, uh, the guy that sent him to me, I just said, hey, listen, what if we made you know a couple hundred shirts? And he's like, done, let's do it. And so the last uh, several months has been getting that all set up. And I just wanted to have a, a way of people being able to get off my back. And I can say, here's the website. If you want one, great. If not, there you go. I think a lot of people want just a free shirt, which, you know, I've sent out the guys that have really harassed me over the years, you know, I've sent out a bunch of free shirts just because, you know, I, I, if they're that interested and involved in this, uh, social media journey, I'd, I'd like to help them out and hook them up. But at the same time now, I'm just going to let it all run through that website so that I don't have to deal with any of the inventory or anything. It's just, it's set up easy peasy. So.
0: So, it's not you uh, ordering each individual size or uh, custom shirt size? Like did you order let's say forty five smalls, eighty five mediums?
4: Yeah, so that's how I did it originally, but now we're set up that we're going to just be like uh, what is it called? It's not called drop ship, but okay. basically, it's ordered, and then they print it and ship it
0: that that's way easier and less stressful.
4: Yeah, yeah. so I, I sat there and I folded like shoot, like 300 shirts, and I said, I'm never doing this again.
0: <laughs> your wife was probably like, Sven, why don't you do this for me? Why don't you fold your own laundry?
4: I bought some of those t-shirt <laughs> folders, and I said, why don't you use these when you fold the laundry? It would be a lot cleaner, and I think she gave me the look of death.
2: <laughs> How much do you like fishing in tank flies?
3: Ah,
4: <laughs> uh, yeah that's the yeah i think she's already upset, upset enough with my desk downstairs how it's just accumulating more and more feathers and tinsel and there's stuff that gets dragged all over the carpet downstairs i think she's ready for me to be done
2: oh yeah uh-huh. mark mark lives a bucktail everywhere in his house and i know i do oh. at certain times a year especially in the winter over everything yeah yeah, hey, my yeah i've, I've avoided covered.
3: spinning
4: uh, like poppers until recently just because i know how messy they are and i did it one <laughs> time and i came upstairs and i had like the deer hair little fibers all over from the razor blade and she was very upset
1: <laughs> yeah. oh yeah get it all yeah. over your socks and then it gets all over everything
4: yeah just, yeah. yeah surprisingly with kids running around because it's down like kind of by the kids uh one of their playrooms we've only had one hook that's ended up in a sock i'm i'm shocked hmm. but uh my kids are very well trained that whenever friends are over they go don't go near that desk because i have hooks everywhere was was it one of
0: your kids friends socks that it ended up in
4: no it was actually my uh my one son and it was just like he kind of stepped in he was like ow what's that and we looked down and it was like a size like I think it was like 14 barbed hook that was in the tip and I just took a sock off and cut it out.
0: Okay. Cause that, that'd be a hard one to explain to a kid's friend.
4: Oh yeah.
1: Their parents.
4: <laughs> I could imagine they'd be very upset. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> so do you mainly stay pretty local to your area or do you get out and travel a bit to fish too?
4: Um, getting out and travel, uh, I think the most I'll drive in a, like for a day trip is like three to four hours. Um, each way that's that's my max uh but i've started to i fish a lot in utah of course because it's local for me but then uh, my wife is from idaho and so we typically go up there for a weekend and i'll fish i fished all over the southeastern part of idaho just because the kids are with their grandparents my wife's happy because she has help and i i go fishing but uh out of state then, i I haven't really fished much. I fished in Wyoming when I went to that festival and uh I've also gone on like some uh steelheading trips up into northern Idaho. but that's on my uh my one day list. start fishing more outside of uh Utah more uh fishing trips, but you know that's everybody's goal and dream.
0: I also noticed you tied the uh the sandbar crabs
4: Are... uh yeah. Uh, I had a friend down in San Diego who, who wanted to get into fly fishing. So I tied some up and he sent me a bunch of photos of saying, Hey, here's what I'm supposed to use. And so I just tried to figure out how to do them. And um, I didn't know it was an actual pattern that uh, Nick uh, Valeos, Valeos, uh has come up with that's in the Orvis and falling mill. So he kind of got after me, but I just said, Hey, I'm not trying to sell these. This was just for a friend. And, uh, I, once I found out that you had this pattern, you know, I gave you all the credit. So, but yeah, now I think he's cool with me. I don't know.
0: Do you have that happen very often with, uh, people that tie flies, um, Um,
4: not that often. Um, I don't, I'm not into the patterns or naming flies or my goal isn't to have any flies in Umpqua's next year catalog. Um, That's not on my agenda. I just like tying flies. And if I see something and it gives me an idea or somebody else has done something and I do it, I always try to give whoever, whoever did it credit because they're the, they're the innovators. I'm not, I, I, you know, there's guys that have been tying flies for years and years and years that have patterns and you know, they, they, they've paid their dues. So they deserve all the credit. And I I always try never to overstep my toes but at the same time, it's kind of hard to tweak a, a pheasant tail nymph from hundred years ago. It's just new materials, new, new techniques, and new synthetics that are available that we're able to call it something new. But it's still a pheasant tail nymph.
2: So you know, but was- that
4: sandbar crab is pretty unique. I I is definitely innovative, and he, I'm glad that he is doing so well with it. it. Seems to be a pretty productive pattern. But I was just tying some flies and shipping them to a friend.
0: Did your friend catch any fish with him?
4: I'm kind of pissed. He hasn't even (laughs) responded to me to tell me, like, thanks or anything. So apparently he's not a friend anymore. What kind of friend is that? (laughs) I don't know. I sent him, like, a hundred and, like, let's see, probably, like, if you were to buy him, I'd say 160 bucks worth of flies. And uh, he never even got a response (laughs) that he got them. So I need to call him. Yeah,
2: you do. Say, what's up, man? (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, you know I've been tying flies hadn't all of us been tying flies for years and years and years for four or five years you know what I mean for your time to have come you know to where it is now amazing uh, how much time do you spend on the vice a week and you know what do you what kind of time are you putting into a fly before you get it to where it needs to be
4: um, so stepping back like three four years ago when I got my own vice um, I would go out After the fly tying class, and we would tie certain flies, I'd go home. The next day, I'd go buy the materials to tie those flies. And then I would tie it a dozen times until I felt comfortable. And I did that with, uh, you know, any pattern I wanted to learn. I think I started zebra midges, pheasant tail nymphs, woolly buggers. And then after a few months, I went back and retied all the ones to see if I could do it from memory. And then I always would watch YouTube videos from different tires, even though, you know, the woolly bugger is a woolly bugger. Everybody gives little uh, tips and tricks within their video to help you um, tie better in general. But you got to sit there and watch all their videos. And so I think over time, I've just picked up a ton of uh, tips and tricks through other tires. And uh, then I started the goal of tying one fly a day whether I was on the vice for two minutes doing a zebra midge or, you know, an hour doing a game changer every night I would get out my vice after doing all my paperwork and the kids were in bed and I'd tie one fly and it usually ended up being three or six, but most nights I'd say it was under 10 or under five actually. And then, you know, I've almost done that now for three years.
3: And yep, I try to a
4: do a different pattern all the time, and so it's really kind of exposed me to a lot of techniques, a lot of different patterns. That you know, when you're tying steelhead flies, it also helps you on your other flies as well. You know, there's different tricks that you can pick up and incorporate into your other flies. But I, I, I don't know. I don't really spend. You know, most guys that post their flies, they. You know, I know guys that spend 40 minutes on a, on a parachute Adams. I, I just. Tie a fly i'd say most of my flies because of that ocd-ness in me you know say your pheasant tail nymph takes you five minutes i probably spend six minutes on every one i do so that i know it's consistent i know it looks the same because that's something i focused on this whole time is making sure it looks consistent and it looks how i want and i'd rather spend that extra 10 percent of the time to make sure that's the way it is and maybe that's why i don't know a friend told me it's because I'm tying different patterns all the time that I've advanced quicker in the fly tying. But in my eyes, I, I still consider myself very amateur, um, not very knowledgeable. as there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, have books and are, are experts in the industry. I just tie flies and have fun, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And sometimes I don't even know why I do the whole social media thing. It's kind of more for me to push myself to complete that goal of tying one fly a day. Cause I'm accountable to everybody that I do post a fly a day. So
0: have you missed a day in the, what do you say? Three um, years.
4: So in three years, I actually used to keep track. I was at, uh, I was at 12 days about a month ago. I missed 12 days. Um, not including vacation days. Like when I'm out with like my family on a trip somewhere, I don't, I don't take flies or my vice with me. And so I don't really count those days and I don't vacation like that much, but then getting this website website up and going has taken like all my free time. So I haven't, I'm missing my vice right now, but at the same time it's kind of been nice to take a break, but uh, I've I've probably missed uh, another 10 days in the last month just because I was focusing on taking pictures of the t-shirts and getting rid of that first order. I had to, you know, fold all those t-shirts. So eventually it'll be easier for me, but
0: so that's still missing 22 days in three years.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I think I've been pretty successful with it because there's been other guys that have, uh, have messaged me saying they were going to try it. And most of them last uh, a couple weeks to maybe a month.
0: Yeah. I I can't do that.
4: But, but I mean, it comes down to my wife. She's amazing. Um, she's allowed me to have this addiction, um i mean i don't go to the gym anymore so i guess i should probably go to the gym instead of tying flies because i'm definitely about 15 pounds heavier than when i started
0: that's it i'm about 50 pounds heavier yeah i still got a few (laughs) you
4: you guys said you guys have had more uh, years in tying experience so i I guess i'll be about 50 in a few (laughs) more years that's right (laughs)
0: you'll have to call us back when you gain a when you get a little pouch and lose all your hair.
4: Well, I figure if you got a pouch, that's just the place to store material. You know, and let it rest on your uh, your gut, and then you seize your access, right?
0: Oh yeah, I put a lot of stuff in my belly button.
2: Oh, speaking <laughs> oh, of this, Chad, Chad's, <laughs> Chad, no. the guy who's talking to you about all that, Chad is doing a 5K tomorrow. And I am waiting for his wife to call Mark or I to resuscitate him at about <laughs> mile one and a half.
1: Yeah, it's like, I, I'm like, you're, you're running tomorrow? Yeah. Mark. What's and I the matter go- with you?
2: Mark and I are going to call Well, smallmouth fishing. you got
1: to take one. Well, I'm going to go see what the fish are doing. <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm buddy. So you guys want to hear a funny running story?
0: Yes. I, I, please tell me it ends with you throwing up.
4: Uh, no, it's even better. Okay. So oh, yeah. I, I used to, my hobbies last two to five years. Mm-hmm. And so usually I'm very interested in something and then it changes. That's why I'm, I'm all in or not. Well, about 10 years ago, it was road cycling. I was on a couple teams. We were road cycling, doing races every other weekend. And, uh, I was trying to date this girl and she said, uh, I go, Hey, you want to go out tomorrow? And she goes, Oh, I can't. I'm running a marathon. I said, okay, cool. And she's like, you want to come run it with me? I said, sure. You know, that's no big deal. My dad said, you're crazy. And so uh, I thought I was in top-notch shape. I think I was 23 at the time. So I went up, uh, spent the night up there before the race, did all the things these people have been training to do, you know, heavy carbs. And I went and bought some short shorts and a little skinny <laughs> t- tank top. Uh, you really so looking I could good. Fit in. I think I bought them at, like, the thrift store, too. So they were used shorts. Oh,
3: yeah. And,
4: um <laughs> then I I went and ran this marathon and I made it about halfway. And I'm like, this isn't that bad. You know, you just pace yourself. But then about mile 20, uh, my knee gave out and I collapsed. <laughs> and, uh, then I walked the remaining six miles, which ended up damaging my knee even worse. And for about two years, I could barely walk. But,
3: uh, <laughs> I still ran it and told to my Mark,
4: dad, man. I showed him the medal when I got home and said, Hey, I finished. And he goes, you're stupid.
0: <laughs> You're seems but like hey, a wise man. And the
4: girl, the girl wasn't even impressed. I didn't even uh, date her, so.
2: Oh, that's lame.
4: But good <laughs> luck on your 5K tomorrow.
2: And at least Chad's girl is his wife that he's impressing. That's gonna run with it. Oh, him. there you go. You're yeah. golden. Don't you go blowing a knee out. I need you in a month for the
1: beast. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, What's the uh, beast?
1: It's a musky tournament, a fly fishing tournament uh. we do.
4: See, that's something I'd like to get into is more musky fishing. We've got a, a good reservoir about an hour away, but I just I haven't gotten into it yet.
1: Now, is that a big, uh, is that a purebred or a tiger musky lake?
4: Tiger musky, and then nice. uh, we have some northern pike uh, a little bit south from me.
2: I bet the northern but, pike out there get really big too.
4: Yeah, they uh, they definitely do. Um, they've been catching some pretty big ones up on the, the reservoir about a mile up or an hour from me, but. That's a whole different game.
0: From what I've heard, do the, uh, the tigers, will they eat smaller baits than, than the pures that we're fishing for over over here?
4: Um, so I'm, I'm not an expert. I, uh, haven't even gone after and targeted them in years, but, uh, my understanding is it, it, there is no difference, smaller or bigger. It's, it's trying to get it right in front of them. So they want it and most of the guys say they actually catch them within feet of where they're at.
0: Yeah, I mean we get a lot of them come up to the boat side and we'll we'll catch them in the figure eight like and watch them eat. So yeah. that, that's the most exil- exhilarating thing you can do fly fishing in fresh water, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I'd, I'd love to I'd love to get into it. I, it's really big out by you guys, isn't it? Um
0: it it's pretty big. It's it's growing. I will say that much.
1: Do you get much into the big streamer tying?
4: Um, I, I tie a lot of big streamers, but do I fish them? No. I have much more success. Like, you know, we tie, I'll tie a 10-inch game changer, but what I fish out here is generally, you know, under six inches. Five to four is almost ideal for most of the trout that we're going after. Um, but, you know, I'd imagine for the muskies I would go a little bit bigger.
1: So like when you get into uh, like n- the non-still water situations, do you do a lot of like fast stripping through there or is that more of like a swing style streamer fishing?
4: It really depends on what water I'm on. Most of the rivers here aren't that huge. And so typically you're doing almost a high stick nymphing. Um, it's pretty quick uh, water in the summer. But in the wintertime you can toss streamers at the banks or toss them upstream and strip them down. Uh, we're almost getting into that season now. Uh, but, uh, traditionally I would say my go-to on the rivers is usually, a, a nymphing or, uh, toss and dries in the evenings.
0: And I'm not super familiar with the, the Utah area. Are you doing a lot from walk and wade situations or are you in a boat?
4: I'm generally always walk and wade. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't have a boat yet. And so usually the, the times the boat's going to be a benefit is in the hotter months, like June, July, August, um, where the fish are getting out deeper, but in the spring and fall, you know, a couple of the reservoirs I generally go to the, you know, 20 plus inch cutthroat trout or rainbows or, or whatever, 10 to 15 feet off the shore. Uh, we were fishing spring ice off this year and I was casting out, you know, 40, 50 feet, um, stripping in trying to, trying to get these trout and, uh, about the wind picked up that for about an hour of no success. And my indicator drifted into about 10 feet off the shore and I got a hit. And so I waited and it drifted in again. Then I figured out we started landing them about 10 feet off the, off the rocks. So they were super shallow, really nice four, four to five pound trout just right there. So we didn't need a boat. And then even all the boats were chant, like basically trolling the shoreline.
2: So, what, so like, what time of year determines when you're going to be in a lake or a stream? And is it is it by season or is it just what you choose to fish for?
4: Um, I would say it depends on, um, like I said earlier, time I have and also the temperatures. So on the lakes, typically when the temperatures go up, the fish go deeper. Unless you're bass fishing, then, you know, so then of course they're shallow. And so I'll fish the shores for bass, but for trout and stuff, I usually hit harder in the spring and fall unless I have access to a boat. But then again, usually in the summertime, my work picks up, I'm a lot busier. And so I don't really have time to fish as much. And I really kind of caught bass fever. And so I typically am going after bass as much as I can in, you know, the June, July, August months. And that's also prime, uh, carping as well you know, right after the spawn. I like to catch them pre-spawn, but post-spawn is fun too because they're a lot dependent upon the water temperature as well.
0: Speaking of carping, you had mentioned earlier that you throw damselflies at the banks for trout. And I know I throw a lot of damselflies at carp. Um, Are you tying them any differently for between the two fish or... They the same I've, identical pattern. I've
4: never, I've never fished the damsels for carp, to be honest. But there's mm-hmm. not much difference in, you know, if you're doing some sort of mono eyes. I I imagine it. I never thought of it to be very similar in profile and, and everything.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if so you just some... beefing up a hook or doing something different like that. I,
4: de- definitely, um, my damsels I tie are a lot smaller. Uh, like the damsel nymphs are way too small. For my, in my opinion, for carp and the, you know, I guess I could do some larger. I never thought about that.
0: I'm telling you, man. But,
4: that's but it, Yeah, that's actually a brilliant idea. Yeah, I'm, boom. I'm running through <laughs> patterns in my head right now. <laughs> I... but I'm just thinking how similar they are. And typically we're throwing for carp sizes uh, four to one mm-hmm. on a, on a pretty beefy hook. Sometimes I go into the one aught like for for uh crayfish imitations.
0: And but I generally have damsel. better
4: luck with the smaller ones.
0: I'll tell you what. I I have uh a old farm pond right across the street from my house that has carp in it, and I had never caught a carp out of it until this year when I was, I started talking to Dan Frazier, who's a carp guru. He's like, mm-hmm. Throw damselflies at them. They're just suspending their eating, man.
3: Yeah, that's so uh,
0: that's what I did, and I I made like an inch and a half long damselfly game changer. It was like three segments on a Arex Gamaris size eight, I think, and they pounded a the snot out of it.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that fish chase flies I mentioned earlier. His is very very uh, like bead chain eyes. It's articulated. I think he puts foam in the tail to kind of keep it suspended.
0: See, I put foam with my shell back to keep it suspended.
4: Yeah, There you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to uh, add some flies to my carp box. There we go.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, man. About trying new stuff. <laughs> hey, you're welcome.
4: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, for I real. Mean, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. The carp we go after, we have uh, six flies, and we that's all we use, and they are my wife's cousin's secret recipe, even though they're nothing special. And so he told me if I ever uh, show anybody these flies, he'll kill me. And um,
3: <laughs> I believe him
4: because I've seen him uh, skin, you know, a, a, a fowl after he uh, was going to, you know, kill it and eat it. And I know he would do something very bad to me if <sighs> I ever showed these to anybody, but they're nothing special, but yeah, I, I'm always about trying to branch out and find new flies and new patterns. So there we go.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Try damselfly fly nymphs.
4: Yeah, that's amazing. So,
0: hey Sven, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to?
4: Um, yeah, what are your guys' uh, secret trout patterns that you could share with me that you'd never told anybody? Uh, power bait? I don't know. <laughs> <that's true.
0: laughs> you know what? Uh, here in western Pennsylvania, we we have mm, not the greatest wild trout population. We have okay. a small,
2: we have a small wild we, trout population. I fish for them once in a while. Uh, if you find, like you were talking about brook trout, depending on time of year, you can fish for them any which way. Um, I like, and I'm very novice to all this, but you know, in certain situations, they'll hit hoppers to hit the top. I mean, we find places where you know they're rarely fished for. You know what I mean? So they're not seeing a lot of flies anyway, but. You know, I, do rather, you guys have to
4: do a lot of hiking out there to get into certain sections, or are you guys just boating up the river?
2: I would honestly rather put my raft in and just strip streamers for the larger uh, invasive brown trout that are here. To be honest, like that's what I want is a you know bigger brown. Ninety percent. Ninety percent of with, the
0: time, we'll we'll substitute smallmouth bass for your like what when you go trout fishing, we would go smallmouth mm-hmm. bass fishing sure okay and when we do that i, lo-
4: I love smallmouth bass fishing that's fun
0: oh they're the best aren't they oh yeah they're always they got that mean mug on them but we'll, yeah, fish well I that.
4: actually we we went up and did a trip up in uh, idaho not too long ago and uh, you know it's about five hours for me to drive up there and i drove up that morning i was so excited i threw out a a, a freaking uh top water action came up and hit it within seconds I I was so excited, I think, from driving. I strip set and raised my rod, (laughs) and we watched this little four-inch fish fly up and over the boat
3: (laughs) (laughs) and land
4: on the other side, and I just kept stripping, hoping he was still on, and my my wife's cousin's like, no, dude, he's gone,
3: (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, sorry, man,
4: I was so excited. I've been thinking about this for like five hours just driving up here. So I got a question. A good, it was a fun day.
0: Speaking of top water, I got a question for you. You had yeah. a you had a top water popper that you made out of somebody else's flip flop.
4: Yeah. So um, that's an organization. It's a nonprofit called uh, Fish for Garbage, and they're based out of here in Utah right now. And they they've kind of become more legit on the, on the the nonprofit side this year, so they're hoping to expand. And I know a lot of the guys that are involved on the board and it's a great program. I got, uh, I, I'm not like, I'm just a volunteer. And one day I was fishing on the, the Provo river and they were doing a Provo river cleanup day. And this guy walked by and he said, said, Hey, are you fishing? I said, yeah. And he goes, you know, it's river cleanup day. And I go, I had no idea. And he goes, I go, what does it mean? And he goes, here's a bag. And so we went and picked up trash the next year. I, when I found out what day it was, I, I made plans to go, pick up trash rather than fish and i've i've met you know a lot of people involved with it over the years i think they've been doing it now five or six years and this last winter one of the guys the main guys approached me and he said hey we, we're trying to raise money because you know it costs money to rent the you know the pavilion the campsite we use you know we've got to buy all the food ourselves we've basically been donating this out of pocket and he goes I have a flip flop and I'm wondering if you could tie some flies out of it. I mean it's no secret that people have done that, and I said, yeah, sure, and so I took it upon myself. He gave me a week, and I spent you know every night working on it, trying to get as many flies as I can ended up getting a pretty decent box that was auctioned off. A guy up in the uh, I think he's in the Pacific Northwest bought it, but uh it's it's just they're trying to incorporate that into spreading knowledge of you know, taking used flip-flops, it's not just trash. You can actually make popper heads, uh, Chernobyl's, um, ants. (laughs)
1: Chernobyl spark.
0: You didn't get athletes fingers from time with someone else's (laughs) flip-flop. Did you? No,
4: no. And he, he actually sent me that it was like the coolest flip-flop I've ever seen. It was a little girl's probably pink and purple flip-flop. And that was the first question I asked. I said, Hey, before you send me this, have you washed it? And he said, yeah, don't worry. I, I sprayed it with like uh Clorox and washed it. Like it's, I'm not going to send you some grungy dirty one. We don't keep those. We throw those ones away. Um, <laughs> but, uh, then the, when they did their, this last, uh, this last summer, like what was it was a two months ago when they did it uh, for the first time at a reservoir, um, we set up a table and people brought flip flops back and I had a little like four or five vices out and we could, you know, I made them the popper heads, and then we basically were tying flip-flop flies there as part of the event. And that was a lot of fun.
0: Heck yeah, man. That sounds like a great great time and a great um, way to enlighten people on how to, to recycle, yeah, reuse, and restore. The whole
4: thing is just, you know, like when you're leaving the water, just fill up your net with trash on your way out. I mean, it's so simple, but it does so much. Um, it's been crazy to see the first year I went, the trash that was on the river— to this last year, there was, I mean, it was, you know, we're talking huge differences in trash and I don't think it's all, you know, the the fish for garbage organization. It's not just them that's doing it, but I think it's bringing more awareness and more anglers are doing that thing. And I mean, that's the whole goal is the education part of it.
1: So, so you're seeing significantly less, more garbage each year now.
4: Uh, That's my perspective. Um, There may be other organizations going out and doing cleanups now, too. Um, We have a lot of tubers on this uh, section of the Provo during the summer. And so I don't know if those organizations are doing more of a cleanup at the end of the year or beginning of the year. I, I, I don't know the variables, but I will say that I noticed it's a lot cleaner than it was that first
2: year. That's awesome. You get to actually to see some, you know, some progress.
4: Yeah. It's, it's fun following them because they, uh, they post pictures of all the dudes. Like if, if you, uh, if you take a, a net and take a picture of it, they repost it or add it to their story. And a lot of these people I know cause they attend the events. Some people I don't know and I'm seeing people out of state doing it. And so I, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not affiliated with them other than a volunteer, but I think it's a great cause and I think we all need to, I mean, it's part of the Boy Scouts, you know, leave no trace. And that's how I grew up. You know, we, every time we went camping, it was fine. Not only pick up your trash, but find 10 extra pieces. And when it was hard to find those 10 extra pieces, I remember my dad being happy that, you know, the national park or, or wilderness was cleaner than when we let, when we got there.
2: Leave it better than you found it.
4: Yep. Yep. That's uh, I think a good thing we all could live by. So
2: Absolutely. Whether you catch fish or not, at least do that.
4: Yeah, at least I caught some trash, right? You know, you got to get that selfie photo with the, the net full of trash, at least. <laughs> the hero shot.
2: Hell yes,
0: man. <laughs> so, Sven, where can people go and check out your videos and check you out?
4: Um, just Sven Diesel. Uh, it's on uh, Instagram. I think that's my Facebook. And I think it's my YouTube. And, yeah, I just do it for me. So if there's anybody out there that wants a video or, um, you know, I get a lot of people that message DM me on Instagram, uh, questions about supplies or materials or how to tie something. You know, I live on my phone and I generally always reply uh, because I've had a lot of people help me out over the years. And I think that the more we help each other out, the better the community is. And so whatever I can do and whatever resources I have that are available, I, I try to uh, donate or give of my time to help out in any way that I can. It's not all about the fishing part, uh, but that's something I do enjoy.
0: Cool, man. And, hey, where can someone go and acquire one of those kick-ass Sven Diesel uh, T-shirts? SvenDiesel.com. Dot com. Can you dig yeah, it, man?
4: It's uh I think there's a link in my bio and – uh I don't know. I don't really, I, I'm debating because I'm not really wanting to, like, push it as a store or a brand or anything like that. I just, I'll, I'll occasionally post a swipe up to the store maybe. This winter, though, I'm hoping to maybe have some flies on there, so.
0: Cool deal, man. Well, hey, thank you for, uh, for giving us some time on a Sunday evening.
4: Yeah, thanks for uh, the chat. It's uh, been enlightening. I've, uh, I can't wait to tie up some of those damsel nymphs now for carp. Oh, I'll dude, do uh, reach you, out to you on colors and all that.
0: When you do, let us know how it works.
4: It'll blow oh, your yeah? brother-in-law's mind. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no.
2: Soccer though has been fun. Oh, you got to play? Um, we're not we're not recording, are we? Damn. <laughs> A
1: <little> late now. <laughs> so what? What'd you want? Talk. Huh.
4: Oh, uh,
2: oh.
1: This is
4: an audio show. You're, sure. romance, Jay. You're a big boy. Something
2: romance. Uh, summer romance. My Chemical Romance? No, 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 no. It's uh, an incubus song. Yeah. Um, that's from, uh, is it Make Yourself? Yeah. I, there's one on here that's the alt. No, the uh, the one that has no music to it or no vocals on this yeah, this I, album. I know what you mean. It's really good. I know what you mean. Every song in this album is really good, but we went back to that. We were on that before we came back. So, what'd you guys think about spending? <laughs> Jesus, spending <laughs> was fucking <was> awesome. <laughs> like we we were talking before, it's, it's hard to find down to earth, real people in the community anymore. And he seems like one of those. He just yeah, he's got this. Yeah, yeah, it's just like he's down earth real guy, man. Yeah. And he's just out there to have fun and fish and do what he's doing. And man, phenomenal flies for a guy who's only tied flies for four years holy
1: impressive. shit but i tell you what you stick at it you do it every day you learn from your mistakes you get better at it and you improve and, and not just stay okay well that's good enough and he, he doesn't he keeps pushing it, you can tell
2: you know i saw a lot of like the same and i don't want to compare but all the same things with uh my buddy justin christopherson the way he like took his you know just his advancement in in the fly fishing just when he ties a fly, he does. He'll pick a pick a fly, and like the like and do Swen half said, a dozen of them. Yeah, do, tie no tie a full dozen, and yeah. perfect it, and 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 you know really put your time into that, and then you know what I mean move on and keep and watch other people, yeah. you know, and that's 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 the way to go really if you want to really move yourself along. And speaking of that, the next
0: two weeks we got some real deal, down to earth guys that are into fly fishing as guests coming up. Next week we have uh Steven Weissner again. And then after that is Russell Penderson. So Steven's just
2: he's tell so, he just has so much fun when he's out there.
0: Yeah, you can tell he's out there to have fun and to just be about
2: the life. Yeah, will be
1: firing up the musky season here.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. So Spe- I know. I gotta step on the uh device here again. I got. I'm, I'm gonna have to tie up a few flies before before the beast. Just just to, I, I have a ton of in the what flies for the beast for the you beast said, of the, the east. beast for the beast of the east mu- fly fishing muskie tournament. It's <laughs> not so like someone stepped on your balls <laughs> when you the beast. You did. You did. <laughs> you stepped on my uh my balls, but uh you know I, I I gotta tie a few flies for that. I know Mark has a million flies sitting around, but he'll probably put in a few that just. I know Chad's been putting out a few. There was three that were on his uh boat that he's been working on. This uh, this It's not his boat. We... It has a name. He has a name. <sighs> Say it, I, Jay. It, it's it's really long. I can't remember it cuz you know me. I don't remember anything. Cash Widecock. Cash Widecock. <laughs> so there was there was a uh, there were a few musky flies. And man, these musky flies, I would have actually thrown... The, I think there are three of the better musky flies Chad's ever tied in his life. I don't know where he got all this skill from all of a sudden. Oh, or if he just started tying with fucking more more uh, uh, natural material. I think he's trying uh, to flatter you for the Oh, Jay, Jay's throwing down he's the gauntlet.
1: Ser- yeah, this is a serenade if I've ever seen one.
2: <laughs> no, I was surprised. Like, the bulkheads were... The two smaller single bulkheads are really nice. And then you had a... Uh, uh,
1: Bulkheads look like ball kids.
3: <laughs>
2: they actually look decent. They did. They look decent. I'm surprised. I, I I don't know. I didn't know that was was in there, Chad. Yeah, man. I've been trying to fly a
0: night after a uh, since Jay, your child and mine, started kindergarten this week, and we've been putting our kid to bed at like 7:30 or 8 o'clock at night. So after that, I have like a whole night ahead of me still. Like, I'm not used to this. My kid normally is up to 11. So uh, it's nice. I have a whole night. Yeah, it is lucky me. Yeah. Yeah, giggity giggity.
2: I've been drawing lines and wrapping my mind around all kinds of crap for every day, forever now. Hey, I'm going to get to go fishing. Hey, hey, you I'm gonna,
1: didn't rip your kitchen out. I didn't rip your, Actually, I did. <laughs> you did. You did rip did. my kitchen out. You did.
2: <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> <laughs> my wife goes, You know, when the whole thing was ripped out and there's just like boards and like there was no insulation and stuff, it gave me really bad anxiety because I didn't know what was going to happen and how quickly anything was actually going to happen because you're procrastinating ass. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Like, my wife is surprised. Do you mind if we get in? How surprised is she? Super surprised. <laughs> surprised that, man, uh, work will stop and will go very quickly, very quickly. So like, work we, is we, dependent we, on there, payment, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely, isn't it always? Yeah. I mean, so we worked. We worked through. Chad, Chad had been there. I didn't get a payment, Jay. No, oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you did too. You did too. There were beers there at eight a.m. <laughs> You could crack for free. You got plenty of payment. So, I said all the beer you could drink. I didn't promise anything else. I had to pay for the beer, so that's not payment for myself. So, Chad came in. We we did a bunch of shit. Like we talked about last week, and we tore everything out. We did all the drywall wall patching. Patching comes, you know. And uh, so a guy at work, he gave me a week. Uh, one night after work, and we we taped everything and. He came over and he, he, <clears throat> he likes to partake. He's a drinker. So He lives a high life. He does. He lives a high life. So he comes over and How he's not like I am right now. Oh he's he's <laughs> he, you know, he's a bunch of high life deep already, but he's great at what he does and you know, today wasn't that bad. I second coded everything. Today was fine for what we left him. Had drywall when Chad and I left him the last week after getting white girl wasted. Uh, you know, it was good. It was really good. Uh, I, we didn't leave it that bad. No, it wasn't. The one, that one, just that one spot. That
0: was the first one, but that was way before we got wasted.
2: Yeah, one spot. <laughs> well, yes, one spot for four foot. And he taped it well. Everything else was fine. So I second coated everything today. Uh, spent six hours doing that. And, you know, just, uh, man. It was, you know, when you're not there, with, when you're there by yourself, so I was watching tennis. <laughs> I watched tennis the whole time. Oh, oh, absolutely. Watched tennis the whole time on TV. USA, US Open. I love it, dude. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. So, watched that all day, along with uh, patching drywall, which was the most, you know, if anybody can draw that up, that's like the most boring day you that's can ever have. That's the worst day ever. In your whole life. So... I got my wife to... Uh, she filled nail holes. What would you get her to do? Huh? No, she filled nail holes. <laughs> no, she filled nail holes the whole time. Like, she did all the wall nail holes. I said, you can do this. You can nail these. I'm like, you can do this. Okay, so you can say you did something in your kitchen. So, like, all you do is you you put the, you put the patch on the one way, a little thick, and, and you then scrape and it you off scrape the other. it off the opposite way. And then you pep, 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 pep the whole thing. Just do all the walls. Well, I do all the seams and all the stuff. And what I've learned is you do opposite seams so like you'll do a ceiling seam and not uh, a wall seam you'll flip off and then do the wall and then not the ceiling and then you go around but you do all your all your main, that way
0: has time to dry yeah. in between
2: and uh, you don't actually know because the second coat is really your third coat on your 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 wall seams like your angles or like where your roof comes in or where your ceiling comes into your wall that's only one that's only going be done once so really, your second coat's your third coat. But in all the seams, you're going to do all again. I
0: thought second coat was second coat, and third coat was third coat.
2: No. But that that's
0: just my math.
2: You do the opposite <laughs> seams on the third and second coat on the corners. And then on your main, like, on your seams on your walls or your ceiling, main seams, like, in your ceiling, you'll do a third coat over your second. No. But once you do your corner, it's done. Then you do your opposite corner, and it comes in a lot better that way because then you're not trying to dig into something that's already done. I gotcha.
0: This is great drywall talk.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it works really well that way.
0: No, it really is. It's, like, we should have a construction podcast.
2: We 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 have talked about this here and there.
0: We could have our own like we we did really talk about this having our own network of podcasts. Like a basketball show and a football show and a drywalling show. Mechanic. <laughs> a, mechanic, a mechanic show would be good because you do a ton of mechanics. I do nothing but semis. So our li- listenership would be very limited. You know what I mean? I try my best to not mechanic on anything that has a motor outside of work. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So my, my knowledge is limited to that which has... 10 wheels or greater.
2: I, I just I you know, it is what I do. <laughs> I know nothing about the it. The only thing I what has made it so great or not not great but easier is what I do. This is what I do every day yeah. for a living. So it's it makes it a little easier. It makes it fast. It's gone fast. I I can't believe how fast it's gone. Like I didn't expect it to go this fast. I didn't expect myself to have this much motivation. I don't know where this fucking motivation is coming from. Cause you want your wife to cook fucking dinner for you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that helps, sure. Not even that. It just I, I want to have a kitchen, you know, and I I just don't know where the mo- I don't know motivation comes from. I don't know where it comes from, but I just want it to be perfect, you know. I w- I want everybody I think to look at. I I want them to look at it and. Impressed, I guess, and when they see it, it'd be like, Wow, I mean, I guess you do know what you're doing a little, even though you really <laughs> don't. Fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> Fake it you make bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you do, man. You know, five years later, no, I, I know what I'm doing, and, and Bruce, even, and all these people can see it, you know, and even in this project, yeah, everything's going along. I I want to knock on wood because it's all going way too quickly and way too well. Something's got to go wrong, other than flooding my basement out five in- five inches of water and forgetting my car in Liz's parking lot. <laughs> oh, that was the best. <laughs> those were the only two things that go wrong. I'll take it.
0: I told my boss about you forgetting your car, and he almost peed his pants laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: like, he forgot his fucking car? I was
0: like, yeah, he forgot his fucking car. <laughs> and those were the worst two things
2: that happened, though. I mean, nothing really bad happened, so. You know. Oh, yeah, that was great. It, hey, but it's, it's, it's gone quick, and like I said, my, oh, man. Wife's <laughs> been very appreciative, you know. Work work goes so far, you know. Payment gets stopped being paid. We talked about it. It is, stop work stops. Why isn't anything getting done here? And then she answered her own question. So you know, it all has gone well since we fast.
0: <laughs> Did you go
2: fast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, every time. Come on, Chad. Every time, all the time. It's like the Olympics. Yeah. Beat you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be like you tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> You're way behind. Can we get into this for
0: just a second? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, we want to talk about it. So, today, my wife and I went to Buell Park to pick up our, our running packets.
2: Did <laughs> <laughs> they say you were allowed to shotgun a beer before you started?
0: <laughs> it did not say that, but it does not. It did not say <laughs> I couldn't. Um, we were walking out of there, my wife was like, I'm so excited for this.
2: Speaking of that,
0: she said, "I'm so excited for this." Are you excited? I said, "No, I'm not excited." I said, "I'm actually relatively nervous."
3: <laughs> <laughs> she said, "What?"
0: I said, "Yeah, actually, this is not my sort of fun. I, I'm nervous."
3: All right,
2: over under chats. Chad spews <laughs> at 1.5 miles, over/under <laughs> mark. Yeah, you got g- the over. Gonna, 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 no, 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 seriously. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm g- gonna give him the over, but he's definitely gonna puke before he hits three miles.
2: <laughs> no, he's definitely puking at one <laughs> oh, point. Yeah. Puking is happening. Him. I'm
1: gonna give him to like 2.4 or so. Okay, 2.4. Yeah. I
2: I got him at like 1.8. Are you guys doing like a?
0: You guys going to take an over/under on time.
2: No, I'll give that. Oh, you, time! Time is forty-two minutes because you've had a lot of beer tonight. <laughs> I think you pull a Hammy at ten. <laughs> <laughs> He's stretching out like this ain't five-year-old fucking soccer practice, bro. <laughs> uh,
1: he doesn't even start the race. Oh, he we'll get to that here in a second.
0: Oh, I'm definitely starting to race, and I was definitely five-year-old soccer. What's how to start? Nine. Okay. <laughs> oh
2: Jesus I was Christ! Say, if you had to be there at seven, you even worse. Mark and I will have already caught three smallmouth apiece by then. They have a half marathon going on there tomorrow that starts at seven,
0: and they run over the dam, like on top. Stop that! They <laughs> they run on top of the dam.
2: We're gonna go over one tomorrow too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just train on
2: smallmouth. Seriously, okay, so we're gonna catch a million smallmouth. You know that? Yeah, a- you probably will. You're in the best time of the year. Well, and like they haven't
0: been fished for all year.
2: What, just because you
0: assholes haven't done it doesn't mean that every
2: other redneck in town hasn't? No, Spe- Not wait. at the level it's been at, dude. It's just the way, it, dude. Speaking, you, If you think if the level's been down on a consistent basis, you don't think that we would, the rest, we would all be doing this. Speaking like, or I would be doing this on a weekly basis. No, because you have a fucking project going on.
0: Well, it's. You can't do that's it. That's been for two fucking <laughs> weeks.
1: So, oh, here's. Spring, spring. What were you speaking of? Speaking of all the
0: other rednecks in town, I went to the Stoneboro Fair last night.
2: Oh, Oh God. I wish I would have been there.
0: That is the best people watching I've ever seen. Yes.
2: Jefferson Township's even better,
0: but... Wait. uh, The only thing I did not see was someone smoking through a (laughs) tray. That's the only thing. I saw some lady sitting backwards in a wheelchair while someone was pushing her. So she was sitting facing the person pushing her. <laughs> and she was smoking, blowing smoke in that person's face. Awesome.
2: No, Stoneboro's amazing. It is. It's amazing.
0: There was that was palooza Everyone had such giant dips in that they couldn't speak.
2: You're talking to a guy at the table. But Mark Don't can, talk about Mark like that. Mark can speak when he has a dip in. Yeah, a little. He the, still sounds redneck when he has <laughs> it in, but, but still. This was Dip.
0: Everyone had like... Red man size dips in with
2: Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> and and Chad, this is this is any different from where you were raised or what we do every air we we grew up as? No, it's not. But it it's so. Uh, I got one. It it's. A, I know that's not how we turned out. <laughs> I have I have an extra already. It it's just funny to sit back and watch. Now that, oh, it's amazing. Now that I quit
0: dipping and I wasn't drinking beers last night, it was fun to, fun to watch. Oh it's,
2: it's the best people watching is going to the local Pennsylvania local fairs oh, are the oh best God. Cool.
3: Okay, uh, you know you to, Stoneboro's there's...
2: good though. Stoneboro isn't a bad fair. They've got some great things like the, I like all the uh, going to get and see all the animals. We up watched, on the hill. We watched a lumberjack competition. Mm. and that was awesome. When we went to uh, even Jefferson of, um, Township, uh, I, the same guy that Dean seen at a different fair out in out in Ohio, he's just cutting up the and uh, a chainsaw guy that does like uh, the tree the carving, yeah, tree carving. And it, I mean,
3: wow,
2: to watch him do what he does, my daughter's even amazed. And we're like, look, look at this one. It's like three rat, little baby raccoons looking at, out of a hole in a tree, and you're like. And this thing costs, like, a fortune. <laughs> like, it costs what a boat costs. And you're like, oh, I'd love to have that in my front yard. I'm not paying what a boat costs. But, you know, it's like, man, to watch the guy do what he does is just unbelievable. Sometimes, and it's so fast. Sometimes I think it's
0: a shame that you can pay that much for something like that and then just leave it outside, you know? I know it's made to be outside because it's a piece of wood that lives outside. <laughs> it's tree. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sometimes you think if you pay that much, bring it in your goddamn house and let raccoon like wooden raccoons crawl up your your steps.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, even Dean said he was saw one that was like a, a baby bear cub like crawling up one side of the tree and like one peeking out of a hole. And he even was like, he was like it's amazing. And I'm like, it was probably the same dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, right around here. I mean, it's not too far to travel and. Wow, what an amazing, just, I mean, you could hear just amazing tongue, uh, eagles, to bears, to everything. There's and then a, you got to go to your local fair food. I love local fair food. Everybody got one. I ate four right? times last night.
0: I started off with a corn dog. Oh, i got to have a corn dog. And then I got a pressed Reuben panini. Ooh. Mm. And then I got gr- uh, garlic fries. Mm-hmm. And then I needed... A, See, I, need something sweet nah, after. I need something sweet after the garlic fries that had chicken tenders inside of the garlic fries. So I had to get a vanilla milkshake.
2: I, I, if I could get fries at the fair, though... I, I just want the regular ones, and I want some... Vinegar. Vinegar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salt. Salt. Vinegar. Yeah. 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 What, well,
0: Yeah. I was eating my son's uh, cheddar fries, and I was like, uh, I need something else. I need something to fill me up. Because I got a race in two days. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta I get a um, I um, gotta get a
2: funnel cake or a gyro and, sure. or gyro uh, or oh man uh, what's it uh, the elephant ear oh mm. I'm I'm just uh, say a funnel cake a gyro
0: or an elephant ear because those are one of these things is not like the other <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll,
2: the, I'll take the, I'll take the euro in there right in the middle of the of the elephant ear and and the uh, funnel cake it doesn't matter to me <laughs> whatever uh, fashion has to come in it all has to come. <laughs> you know, if you go to the fair, I, I don't... My kid rides the rides. I eat all the food, man. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> fried Oreos and shit, man. Let me... Let, sign me up, man. I'm I get in every line.
0: I had fried cheesecake last night, too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That shit was that spot sounds, on. That sounds like it's going to come...
2: Uh, uh, if it doesn't come out the other end, it's going to come great tomorrow morning.
0: Oh, no. It was... Before I... Made any evacuations this morning? My wife and I went to J.C. Penney's to get a new pair of kicks. Yeah, those look sexy she, on you. She Mike. was like, "Did you fart?" I said, "That's the Stoneburr affair coming out, baby."
3: <laughs> <laughs> I said it wants a piece of you. <laughs>
2: and you wonder why no payment is ever made. <laughs> it's because I start no
0: projects. CJ, I know better. Uh (laughs) Speaking of projects, I got a new well this week. Let me tell you about a stressful not having water for three weeks. Like, not drinkable water. Like, it wasn't potable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Potent potables?
0: No, it's like. (laughs) Tonight's show. Tonight's show brought to you by Unpotable Water. It gets more potable the thirstier you get. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I a new well, so now I have potable water. I don't have to boil it before I drink it. <laughs> Very nice.
2: You're living without sepsis.
0: I am. <laughs> you know what? I did not give two Fs about it. I would drink it from the from the faucet still.
2: Yeah, but, but this is coming from the guy who tore out blown-in insulation at my house and didn't wear a mask. Yeah. So, you know, even me, I'm, I'm a guy and that does this shit all the time, and I wear a mask, man. My so employer... I, I had the nicest of nicest of masks. They're fiberglass, easy flow. I'm telling you, man.
1: Once they were there, how long did it take them to do everything?
0: They drilled the well in a day, and the next day they were there... And it took them a full day to connect the well to my house. So it was two full days. Gotcha. And I'm new well. Boom. My wife said, should we get grass seed for for that dirt patch where, like the stretch where they connected
2: the well to the house? No. Fuck no. Ex- well, I, I was going to say explicit no. But Chad, Chad beat me to the explicit.
0: Yeah, I said, no, fuck no. She said, why not? I said, Ashley, you remember that gravel we had at our old house that wasn't supposed to have grass on top of it? She said, yeah. So said, what grew on top of it? She said, grass. She said, It'll grow anywhere. We don't need to buy grass seed. It's just going to grow.
2: She said, something's going to grow there, whether it be weed, seed, or whatever. I'm not
0: making hay. I don't care what the hell grows there. It, as long as it's green, you know? I don't care what grows. Whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I Absolutely. told her
0: every time we cut grass, just shoot all the clippings on top of that mud, and eventually something's gonna take.
2: <laughs> Especially if it's a nut hedge. Uh,
0: yeah. Nut hedge grows everywhere. So, like I said, hmm. I'm not buying grass seed. That shit's expensive. When was the last time you guys bought grass seed? Two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> so you know. Yep. Chickens. What's grass seed? Yeah, run away at it. Yeah, I, I bought it at the old house. It was like a hundred bucks for, or no, it was like three hundred bucks for an acre and a half worth of grass seed.
1: Oh, geez, that's a lot of grass seed. I'm buying like ten pounds at a time.
0: Yeah,
2: I bought like a fifty-pound bag. Mm. It, it wasn't cheap. Only thing I know is you can't go to Lowe's. And not spend a bajillion.
1: Yeah.
2: That's all I, I know. I don't know anything about grass seed.
0: So my wife and I were talking about some guy locally. And she said, he's a billionaire. I said, there's no way in hell that guy is a billionaire, Ashley. yeah, he's a billionaire with a B. I said, Ashley, Shaq is not a billionaire with a B. Mike is. Mike is. Shaq is not.
2: No, I, th- I wouldn't think Shaq is either.
0: And there's no way someone local is a yun- billionaire. And did you look this up? No, I haven't. But I just, I don't know. I thought I would stress that. That
2: no, not very many of them. I I highly doubt it. So no, maybe.
1: But there is a couple that through the internet thing that did. They essentially clone, or I don't know what the, I don't know exactly what it is. They trademarked certain websites and things that are, good, are like searched. So every time it is from like the way back in the 90s, they get paid for it consistently every single time. How so I many millions of times in one day? They already tra- they did everything as soon as it came out and it's locked. And certain websites have to use it in order to get to it. There's like it's it's interesting how it works. But every single time, like how many millions of times a day. My and they've wife. done nothing else. They knew it was going to happen. They said mm-hmm. it. And it's like some this kind of search engine cousin. that goes into and it searches through. Mm-hmm. And then what they did is they, they trademarked that engine. So every time anything goes into it and there's no other way to go around it without going into it, they get paid for it.
0: So it's like Ask Jeeves. Sure. That's okay.
2: Right. My, my wife's cousin. It was like the, Google, but, but shittier. Uh, my wife's cousin is the same thing. He yep. goes through and trademarks a ton of different different stuff throughout the internet and waits and waits and waits till the time comes right and then he has all that. Yep. that you, you don't
1: do it, he has a team of lawyers, they yep. sue the guy and say, yep. Hey, here's <laughs> exactly. You don't pay, boom, they go to court, yeah. he gets his yeah. money.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I we're not smart enough to do all that.
1: So d- if we fish tomorrow, it's going to be a mud pit by the time this crap's done. It- Mark's right.
2: Yeah, if that happens, we're just going. Out. I'm going up there. Okay.
1: Have you guys? Me? Done. Are you out of your mind? Come I'm not come going trout fishing. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Jeez, hey, Chad, Mark. what are you saying? Cut so got 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 him off. He's like, have he's you guys done any trout You're any drunk. Go to bed, Jay. For-
0: no, hold on. I'm gonna put a, a song on for Mark. But, uh. Oh, that's very angry.
2: Yeah, I like I like this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but
1: you're gonna like uh, this song wait, hold from on Mark. On, hold
2: on. It um, has to be the instrumental f- from the last album. Did we even go through that?
1: The Dig album, you mean?
2: No, this album, or not this album? Well, this one's pretty good too. The instrumental from this album is oh. great, but the last album's instrumental is really good. It's weird.
1: I would rather fish smallmouth in the mud than brown trout in a creek, clear, perfect conditions any day.
2: I don't think any of this little bit of rain <laughs> to make a difference. Hopefully it's No, because we
1: are the whole way up at the top.
2: Hopefully it's fine. Once you get is.
1: halfway down, yeah, it may. It may turn into a little bit of chocolate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, fuck this rain shit, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can just hear it getting harder. I don't know. So I'm going either way, I don't care.
2: We're going. We're going. No, we're going. No. We're going to meet at the highest spot we can early in the morning. <laughs> hate is going to hate, hate, hate,
0: <laughs> hate, hate, hate <laughs> about trout <trap> fishing.
3: <laughs>
0: so, have you guys fished at all this week? I haven't, man. I know you haven't, Jay. I Mark, you? Just a, a couple you. days. You done any, anything? Anything
1: worth speaking about? The last about? day, though. Like, a couple, uh... A couple small dinks and fast water, and hooked something halfway decent, but that was it. I fished below uh, in a river for uh, muskie for uh, a couple hours Wednesday night. Nothing. I mean, at, the, at four gates, it was you had a nice little section of current. It was had a a nice eddy beside it. It was all fishable from where I was. I and mean, it, it looks like it's an area that could potentially, you know do some fish. But. Mm. Gotta keep at it and try it. Yeah, man. They went back for smallies and there. They were weird. Uh, slow water, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Then swung some behind me into the fast water, picked up a couple small ones there. So they're
0: they're on the quicker water? Oh, we're
1: in the quicker water. Um, and I hooked something decent, and they couldn't tell what it was. It stayed down the whole time, but that was the only fish I hooked in that slow water. Charlie Channel? It may have been, but it was moving <laughs> You're slow. on him. I know. I've been on. It was that same fly too. It, it could have been, but it just it Charlie Chan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Or was it Harry Hybrid? No, definitely not that. It wasn't it was slow. No, it was slow and just
2: staying day, deep. Yeah. Oh, oh. <clears throat> could have been one other one. So I told him we should. Uh, we should if we could float tomorrow, man. Uh, could just. We could do a, a little early hybrid and plus musky toward the end float instead of going up high for smallmouth.
0: I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to do either. So
2: it's gonna be cool enough.
0: It's been cool enough. It has been cool enough. And I bet the river's at fishable levels, weather-wise or uh, temperature-wise. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What yeah. kind of mud this is gonna produce now? though. That is dumping out there. Yes, it is. I, I don't know if anyone can hear it, but it is. It it's coming through the, the headset. It's pounding. I, mean, I can hear it yeah. coming in.
2: We're getting a downpour.
1: All right, we can go back to incubus now.
0: Okay.
2: The, Come the, on, man. I love me. I love me some Taylor Swifts. Come on, I, man. That's my girl. I like some Tay Tay too. But <laughs> that's my. What so you for listen real. to in your
1: are dry fishing for brookies? You fucking ain't right, dude.
2: Oh. My daughter loves it. And you know, I'll listen. She at least she writes her own shit. And most of the stuff for everybody else, so you gotta respect a little. We already listened to this one. We we've heard seller? Yeah.
1: Oh no, not drive.
2: Why? What the fuck's wrong with Drive? Oh no, it was
0: on the radio. We can't listen to this. It's okay.
1: Mexico's even better. I'd have to say though, of all Incubus Sons in my view. I like
0: Drive. Drive's a good song. Just because Mark doesn't like this it, we'll, one's we'll change
2: it. But
0: just because it was on the radio, we can't listen to it. Hey. Oh no.
2: Most we hated on each other and talked about re- music while we're <laughs> talking in a long time. It's because of the least we've been fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we no <have>. kidding. <laughs> we I, uh, I appreciate, uh, like I told you, I appreciate your time at my house, man. Seriously, though. I know. Um, I did get a little bit of work done on Cash Wycock today. I seen it. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I made a a rod locker. I put up. I'm on a, a little private group, and I was like, "What would you guys do for rod storage in this boat?" And uh, there's some guy that he fishes a bunch of bass tournaments around locally, and he does really well. He's like, "I would make a rod locker."
4: Like, what?
0: And he, he sent me a couple pictures of his build and I was like, I could do that. I can make a rudlocker. So I uh I got an old um shelving unit from my
2: mom's house. So you told me though, um on the one side of your boat, which has a dance floor in the front. Yes. Uh, it's a fourteen foot John boat, flat Twelve bottom. Foot. Twelve foot? Twelve foot john boat. Flat bottom. Flat bottom. And on the... If you're looking at the front of the boat from the back of the boat, on the right side... If you're
0: sitting in the driver's seat, that's how we say... That's how we do things. If you're sitting in the driver's seat... On the right side. It would be on the left side. If you're sitting in the driver's seat... I thought it was over here. It's on the left side. (laughs) You're either
2: either left, Jay. No, you're right. It is on the left side. (laughs) Yes. I know. You built it. You're right, Chad. Which would be the port side. Correct? port? Yeah, I don't know. Because left
0: is... Four letters and port is four letters.
2: That's what she said. That
3: th-
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's what I heard is uh port is left because left has four letters and port has four letters. The other one's starboard and it, right has five letters and it's different amount.
2: Okay, 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 okay. So you're b- building a fucking locker for your fucking fly rods. Yes. Tell me about this. So I took the uh, oh, what
0: is it? the the old cabinet it's a like a shelving unit and i i cut them to length and i welded uprights onto it and pop riveted a bunch of fucking other pieces of metal to it so now i have a an outer frame for the the rod locker that we're going to put a lid on and that way we can break our rods in half and put them in the rod locker and not worry about anyone stepping on them. Not worrying about them tangling lines. Not worrying about if we stop for gas
2: or... Me not having to tell uh, our short-legged friend to say, Hey, don't break the rods, man. Don't break the rods, man. Don't break the... Ro- or, or break the rods, man.
0: <laughs> well, you see, this boat's going to be a little bit different. This boat's going to be a two-man boat and mainly lake-focused. Yeah, I'm just, ju- but just, but
2: just in general, just teasing. Yes, just
0: general teasing. PJ will not break any rods that are in the locker. Awesome. But that way, when we stop at the uh, the nudie bookstore at, at headliners on the way home from Pima sure, no one's gonna steal our fly rods. Because <laughs> it'd be locked in a lock. Because they're gonna say rod on top of the container. People are gonna want to steal rods at that at that joint.
2: <laughs> Shouldn't say rod. Should say delta holder. <laughs> That's going to get people looking
0: in that drawer a lot more than a rod holder.
2: So. But yeah, I, I built the frame to a, a rod locker today. And so you think this uh, all this framing plus the uh, amount of that you want to put on top of them for your dance floors is not going to be too much for this flat-bottom boat. No, nah, it's gonna be fine. It's a nine and a half horse motor.
1: Sure, a little dirty. It'll be alright.
0: I'm gonna put a lot of flotation in it too. So, what do you mean as far as flotation? Spraying foam. Like blown-in foam.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Into the into the up front, like up in the f- the front five foot of the boat, it's just going to be wide open. So might as well just blow in uh, canned foam insulation into it for extra
2: flotation. It's not going to do anything. Get the extra expandy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not for windows and doors. No. Not, not for <laughs> windows and doors. <laughs> Did you learn that from experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This shit gets all over. <laughs> I have a bad experience. <laughs> you can't wash that shit off your oh, hands. fuck no. It's on there for like months. <laughs> oh yeah, bad. Bad experience. I learned. Would you like to go into some of that? <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 no.
2: Come on. No, No, I wear gloves now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did it look like you got tartan feathered?
2: <laughs> There's so much sawdust on my hands. <laughs> I walk around the corner and he goes, What the fuck happened to you?
3: You're not allowed using spray foam
2: anymore. We will always use putty, like you know, like regular like insulation. And so every can of uh, spray foam has gotten thrown out of our truck. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, Jay. <laughs> oh, I know. <coughs> Finally, Bruce started letting me use the uh, the spray foam again. I've learned my lesson
0: against your, his better judgment. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's the window and door stuff, so it doesn't expand as much. Not the extra expandy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can just, <laughs> I can just envision what happens. <laughs> just you know, go
3: and, and all of not- a sudden it goes boom,
2: uh, and I'm not covered. <laughs> In, or in <laughs> foam insulation. <laughs>
3: so,
2: yeah. Good times at work. Uh, I love it. You know, learn your lessons the hard way some days.
1: Oh, that's a good one there. So I, th- I, w- I wish I'd have seen that. Oh,
2: oh that's awesome. I, I want to talk about one other thing. Are we done talking? Or We can or talk almost? about one other thing. So Chad's... so. We've Jay been, is crying, by the uh, way. Oh, just crying, Laughing. Oh God, <laughs> I'm having a great time here. Crying, laughing, just just 'cause a good time. I, I'm seeing the installation all over myself. But uh, Chad and I, you know, Chad took on a uh, five-year-old soccer team last year, and uh, some way or another, I got talked into taking on another five-year-old soccer team this year, and. You know, we haven't talked about it too much, but uh, it, uh, my team—it's gone—it's gone pretty well overall. The little kids are learning soccer. Apparently, I never—I never kicked a soccer ball in my whole damn life. I don't know a damn thing about soccer. I didn't know the rules of soccer when I started this. I thought it was gonna be helping Chad, <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. But my, my team's not bad. We whoop up on teams. We get to play Chad's team though. Chad team. Chad's team is. They are uh, five-year-old soccer superstars. <laughs> so that's because I coached them last year. Yeah, for two I'm, years now I'm you have molded, had the same I molded
0: these kids from a dirty piece of clay into soccer stars.
2: And, <laughs> and and most of your kids that you have this year, the five that you have that they didn't play last year, that was their first year of soccer last year. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't have any three-year players on my team this year.
2: So you're, so you're in the same situation I was in, I'm in this year. You yes. were in last year. Exactly. And I have a couple of kids that are actually pretty good. That are, uh, uh, uh the one kid that Chad has is very, very good. And I, uh, this little girl I have is like the thorn I think in the side mm. a little bit. She's tough. God, she's tough.
0: A oh, little Johnny's gotta put her down. <laughs> oh, for sure, He's,
2: but she is the thorn in his little side. I tell you, this little girl is not scared of anything. Even it was funny because uh, you, your do- your son might have heard us talking about her after one of the games or something, and he mentions, "Oh yeah, that girl's good, but she's not that good." That's what your son said. She's good. She's not that good. But you know, it's funny because they feel it that that girl's pretty damn good. And, you, I mean, God, you have the ringer ringers, but...
0: Last year, um, the local brewery owner that we went to school with... Yeah. Their nephew was the uh, the ringer in this age bracket. And he wasn't on your team? He was not on our team. <laughs> but I, I taught my, my kids, I said, we're going to do a five-on-one, which is four of our kids go and guard that kid and one kid guards everyone else (laughs) this is what we're gonna do to chad this year that's fine because i've already
2: practiced our our strategies for them because our team
0: the other i i have faith in the other five kids i have on the field because i've taught them everything that i've taught the ringer
2: they're all right it's 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 it, it, it shouldn't be this competitive but the other two teams aren't competitive at all. Like I know if I'm playing one of the other our teams playing one of the other two teams like there's only four teams they're just getting squashed. Have you had to yell at the other teams kids for
0: for trash talking yet?
2: No, I had to yell at one other kid for staring a ball out of one of our kids' hands and, like, throwing the ball at them. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you! my kids would never act like that. What are you doing?
0: There's nothing like yelling at other people's children. Stop it. We're not trash talking on the field. (laughs) Especially kids you don't even know.
2: Uh, having people watch me try to coach kids is one of the most stressful things I've ever done <laughs> in my life. I fucking hate it. Oh. I hate it, Chad. I can't, I'm, no, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know what the hell's going on anyway. So, like, for, and I, I I'm not stupid. I, I can play soccer. What? I'm not stupid. Huh? I can sit and play soccer <laughs> myself. Oh, do you, you want to sit out with a soccer? Nah, I will whoop your ass at soccer, Chad. I. That's why those who can't do coach. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. if You want one-on-one soccer? I'm gonna beat you. But I, I can't. Teach but you, you. won't beat John.
3: <laughs> not little John. No, exactly. not, your, not your ringer now.
2: I'll beat you though. I mean, seriously. Remember, like, my
1: daughter's played now for about what five years. I'm pretty decent at some moves now.
2: Dude, I'm about to behind the, le- uh, behind the, oh, behind the backs and all this type of. Oh, Jay's shit.
1: fucking Pele.
0: Ask I'm him. I'm telling you, oh. he, he watches it. He watches <laughs> it while we're sitting around
2: dicking around. <laughs> I got all the moves. Dude, I wish we had soccer.
0: I'm glad we didn't.
2: I have no idea what's going on. Your, you, your, your wife better let your son play football. He's going to.
0: Not until he's in fifth grade. We gotta let the. I, I always think of kids' heads like a like a cement. You gotta let the cement dry a little bit before you start banging on it.
3: <laughs>
0: you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, sure, 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 sure. You gotta let the cement dry. If there's EBL basketball before then, EBL starts in, in like third grade. Yeah, put him in that just so he gets like a competitive want and and feel. Yeah, maybe you get with soccer too. My daughter has no competitiveness. She's in, she's doing. Uh, uh, my wife and Michael and all them, uh, they do. Uh, what's it? Gymnastics up there? Tumbling, dance? tumbling. No, not oh, dance. Tumbling. tumbling. Okay. My wife's doing a, a teaching a tumbling class with your wife, and my daughter's in that. And she is more into the tumbling and dance and all this stuff. And I think she's into all the sports stuff because she's on the soccer team as well. She just fine, but. It doesn't seem the competitiveness is there. She'd rather be doing cartwheels. <laughs> you uh, know?
1: My I was at a tournament last night with mine. And they lost the first two games, and after that, she was like a fit of rage, grumpy, and just not having it.
2: She wants it, yeah, and, and did,
1: the, she was pretty ticked off. Not, not pleased.
2: Does she play like offense, defense now? They switch it up. Or are
1: the they action. starting
2: to get to that point?
1: Oh yeah, they've been to that point switching them. Yeah, yep. So,
0: so do we have anything else we want to hit on tonight, guys? Yeah. Any more children's athletic <laughs> endeavors? I don't no, think so.
2: we got Chad's team in two days. We're ready. I'll bring it, bitch.
0: Oh, I'm mm-hmm. ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I told I told him to th- forearm shiver oh, you. Oh, oh, the no, the, the best <laughs> thing I did. I said I told little blondie over there. I pulled her aside and I said, hey, you wait till you play little Johnny again. You kick him right in his dick. <laughs> he will think twice about going for that ball ever a fucking
0: game, kid. So... We know what movie clip we're coming into next week. <laughs> Kicking and
2: screaming, with the <laughs> you, you kick that kid right in his private parts and his mom. Her no, the best thing I was telling her kid this, and then the mom comes up to me after the game, and I'm like, because I'm telling her get ready for next week, you know, and I'm like, you kick that kid right in his, and then she's coming up to me behind me, like she hears me saying this to her daughter, and I'm like, and she's like, what'd you tell him or her, and I'm like. I was just telling her, you know, that, she should, ready. that she should <laughs> play well when she goes out there and plays against next week's team. I'm terrible. I'm just joking.
3: Mm. It
1: never happened. Maybe. 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 Listen to this. And, oh, it it might have happened, happened yeah. but yeah. I yeah. Don't oh, doubt no, it. No.
2: Maybe it did. And she, she was asking me if I wanted oranges for snack week. <laughs> <laughs> we brought
0: gummy bears because we're shitty parents. No,
3: they had gummy <laughs> bears, too. <Yeah.
0: laughs> so, all right. Hey, tonight's show brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out Predator PredatorFlyGear.com. with
2: sugar.
1: Yep, Sims Fishing. Get your waders, get your boots.
2: All Surf Genetic. Find them All Surf Genetic. No, actually, find them at Urban Fly Company. I'm sorry. And... Find all your uh, outdoor needs at I'm losing it.
1: Simsfishing.com.
2: <laughs> there you go. Check Welcome
1: it out. to Earth, Jay.
0: <laughs> Check out
2: WhyNotFishing.com and their app in the dock. Yep, A-Rex Hooks. a I think we're done, right? Yeti. Yeti. Find them at Yeti.com. Built for the wild, man. Awesome. I haven't put that thing on my uh, boat yet, but I'm going to put it on there tomorrow. Oh, yep, sidekick. Yeah.
3: yeah. I play wrestling room that every day a man's sport with the Bullet Called Live. Yeah, I'm a Called Live. Yeah. You know that every time I try to go
0: Right my, yeah. my girl, you know, she lashes out at me sometimes And I just fucking kick her And then, oh
3: baby yeah. She's okay away, she's